I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and produced by Nicholas Live. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? No, please don't. Yo, what's up, guys and gals? We're live. Uh, Nick, <laughs> what are you? It was, it was subtle though. What are you doing over there? I'm just hanging out over here while Justin's man in the fort back there. So, uh, bound out, bound out. I see why you guys never leave this room. Yeah, dude, this is uh, the male porn palace. No, so tonight, joining us hanging out on Gravity Lab Radio is my good buddy Daniel Angulo. Mr. Angulo, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good, I'm very good. Thank or you. How Dan about you? Gulo, as Mr. Nelson wanted to point out last night. Yeah, he always dick. Yeah, dick. <laughs> we don't even get two minutes in and somebody called Ben Nelson a dick. Great. Thank it's tradition. You. It's tradition. Can't argue with tradition. So tonight our guest is Daniel Angulo, a longtime skydiver, been jumping 23 years, got 10,000 plus skydives, yeah. 8,000 plus with a camera. And that's kind of what we're here to talk <coughs> a little bit about tonight is flying video. Uh, of course, we'll never stay on topic. And so next to you is the wonderful, effervescent Mr. P. Well, hey. Hi. Hey, everybody. Welcome Nicholas. to the show, Daniel. Thank you very much, I don't sir. know where that voice came from. I'm really sorry. <laughs> Do you ever watch... That's all the alcohol you have in. <laughs> Who's Ed McMahon? You're old, no, old enough to Are you talking me. about the guy from Publisher's Clearinghouse, Ed McMahon? <laughs> yeah. Hey, oh. <laughs> the guy that gave out the big checks? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what he did before that? <laughs> he no sat idea. on the other end of the couch from Johnny Carson. Is that so? Yeah. Damn. Man, shit, dude. I'm that old. That's hey, oh, I didn't know that. Well, you're foreign, so you don't fucking yeah, count. I guess. Man. <laughs> um, so I'd rather be foreign than in my 40s. Oh, hey. wow. Sorry, it's <laughs> a wordplay thing. Don't take it personal. He's, you're in your 40s and you're foreign. Yes. Oh, well, shit. Sorry. sorry yeah, yeah, you just <laughs> fucked up there, man. Uh, you're, so, Nick, you're hanging no, out because race, we will talk about video a little bit tonight, and uh, you'll join that. Okay, I'll just be quiet till then. You tell me when I can talk. You can talk. And Mr. Grubbs is joining us. Uh, this really is also a good first test run. So Justin's behind the board. Any technical glitches or difficulty we have tonight is straight up Justin's fault. If <laughs> it runs smoothly and flawlessly, Nick trained him well. So uh, The only good <laughs> thing he has done today so far. Pour you a drink. <laughs> Pour me a uh, scotch. Well, have you, uh, Single mouth. The audio is working for the stream, right? So far nope. as I can tell. You're already doing better than me. Yeah. Uh, so before we get going too far, before we get started, I do want to uh, share something. We're, we're, we're adding something to the show, something that we need to do at some point. And this show has been supported this entire time by the Rating Center. I actually also own the Rating Center, so full disclosure, I own both brands. But the Rating Center has paid for this. This is actually advertising for the Rating Center. And uh, if, if you like what we do on the show, I own I operate the Rating Center uh, based out of Houston, Texas. We actually train instructors, examiners, coaches. I've got guys like... We can like, travel. We can travel. Uh, Henry Pruitt is running courses for me. Hank the Tank, he does a phenomenal job. Uh, he's open to travel. Sensei. Uh, we have uh, soon to be offering Spanish-speaking courses. Our good Mexican friend, Aaron, Aaron Dera, uh, is soon Badass. to be checked out as a... What is that? Tandem examiner and Tandem eventually examiner. coach examiner. Yeah. Uh, and, and we've got a few other people. Our Dallas campus She's as well. She's my teammate. 
Badass, Aaron. Dude, she, she's wonderful. The ratingscenter.com. Check out our website. Check out our Facebook page. Uh, give it a like. We are going to be uh, supporting more advertisers here in the near future. And then the other one that has supported us from the beginning is Option Studios. Uh, if you're watching this on video, you can check out this really badass uh, Infinity Velocity Sports Equipment jersey I have on today. You've seen a lot of Option Studio jerseys on Mr. P and myself. Man, those are everywhere at the drop zone right now, too. They're awesome. Dude, I've seen them a lot, man. get a little bit jealous. Because I thought, like, that when I got it, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm the only Exclusive. one with this." And now everyone else looks as good as I do. We are sad. making nobody will ever five look as good as Gravity Lab jerseys, and only five. Well, I want three of them. Um, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I get three of them, and you get two. I want one. No, I want one. <laughs> no. Uh, unfortunately, they're spoken for by Mr. P, Mini P, Mini Ben, Valerie, and myself. I'm calling him Mini Ben. That's where we're at. Mini Ben. Mini Ben. That's in, that's insulting. You, I know. Man. Anti, the anti-Ben. <laughs> you have to call him all The night. anti-Ben. He's 666 <laughs> Ginger. So, uh, Option <laughs> Studios, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's funny because it's true. It's Yeah, it is. Fucking soulless bastard. Uh, Option <laughs> Studios also owns pullupcords.com. Go uh, check out pullupcords.com. Most of the pull-up cords you've seen in the skydiving business, most of the wind blades you've seen in skydiving business, or a lot of them actually are made by uh, Adam Buckner and Option Studios. They have done graphic design for LMB, Skydive Arizona, Infinity, Rigging Innovations, you name it. They've done something for almost anybody and everybody in, in the business. Uh, Option Studios <laughs> does some of the best graphic design uh, and quality products. These jerseys, Man, I love the jerseys, dude. There's been I a lot really of thought into these, and fill, they've got to actually fill the new ma- newer material. Did you Do fill I the other to? one? Yeah, touch me, touch me, man. So the older, he's trying different material types out. That's awesome. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But if you want a jersey, check out Option Studios. Anyways. I fucking hate ads. I just I, th- that'll never get comfortable. I really, it, I really did compliment you on that jersey though when I walked in. It was the first thing I noticed. Yeah, it's good looking, dude. I I'm happy. I've got this one in white and one in red because you know I had to get two. I I had to get two. <laughs> um, Mr. Angulo, what's up? Not much, man. Not much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for bringing me here. It's awesome. So you started jumping 23 years ago. Yeah. What got you into the sport? Uh, well, I I always liked. Uh, Aviation. Uh, I grew up with a, a military father uh, on on. <laughs> so <laughs> fucking <laughs> awesome. Uh, my dad. My dad. <laughs> was it that bad? We can't be serious. <laughs> we can't be serious I thought it was going to be man. funny for anyone who noticed. It was awesome. It, it, no, it was funny. I was <laughs> laughing more than I was disgusted. By far, it was gross. No, it was funny as fuck. Yes. <laughs> All right. Sorry. <laughs> Um, my <laughs> well, usually I, I sit over there and, and when someone's not right in the mic, I'm just like cringe and I want it to, I want to fix it. Now I can reach <laughs> with your monkey toes. Sorry, okay, it's all right. Did you say eject? What? No, I was trying to say back to Mr. Daniel, but then his hand was on my thigh and it. It really shook me up. <laughs> you said eject. Ooh. Eject is his safe word, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, that's our safe word. You lost Sorry. a gay chicken with Daniel and Gulo. Is that what just happened? I don't think so. Is that? You is said it? eject. I don't think I said eject. I thought. I, what did you hear? I heard eject. Oh, well. <laughs> let's, let's the people that Let's just go with that. Judge. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so you were always into aviation. Yeah, my uh, my dad was in the military. He was in the aviation. Uh, he was a general of the Air Force. So I kind of grew up in, in aviation, uh, close to planes and stuff. Uh, I f- uh, for a moment I thought about flying planes, but I had to wait a lot longer the, to you know 
to start skydiving. Um, and I had a cousin that had uh, skydiving school. So, man, uh, my dad asked me what I wanted when I graduated high school at six, when I was 16. And uh, I said, I want to be a skydiver. And he's like, are you sure you don't want a car? I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll buy my own fucking car. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a skydiver. I need your permission. Man. So that's how it started. There's so many people out there who, who have that dream of, I want to be a skydiver. And first of all, it's a it's a empty dream financially. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> <laughs> financially. Uh, soulfully, it is, I mean, I, I'm the happiest man I could ever be. I mean, it's yeah, probably a great life, right? Um, you wanted to do it since you were a little kid. Yeah. S- you started in Venezuela. I did, Who's yes. your? You said you have a cousin who owned a school. Do yeah, I know your cousin? Uh, no, he died um, in a plane accident. Uh, 14, I think, 14 years ago. Okay. Um, unfortunate accident. It has nothing to do with skydiving. It was a plane accident. So. Okay. Just completely not skydiving related. Yeah. So, but you've known Mariushka and Danny yeah, forever. For, forever. Forever. Holy uh, shit, man. I know them forever. Pedro, I know him. I actually met Pedro before I started skydiving. We went to the same high school. So. You're not uh, that old. He's a year, a couple years older than I am. I'm 40. How, Raul's a couple years older than me. No, we're the uh, same age. No, he's. I think Raul's your same age. Well, I look better for my age then. <laughs> he he looks old as fuck, man. No, he <laughs> no, does. He doesn't, he, he doesn't <laughs> look old at all. He doesn't. Him and I have the same age issue: the gray and the beard. Other than that, we still look pretty young. Yeah. So you made your first skydive when you were sixteen. Yes, I was sixteen years old. Uh, August August fourth, nineteen ninety four. That was my first jump. What was it that made you say skydiving? Uh. I don't know, watching movies, man. And I always like uh, James Bond movies. They always had skydiving scenes and point break. And, you know, we all started at some point. So, uh, and I always saw him, you know, I, I always looked up to my cousin. So, uh, we had really good, re- we had a really good relationship. So, you know, I just, I just wanted to, you know, do the same thing. I'd be like always, your cousin. Yeah, I always uh, thought it was skydiving was really cool, a uh, really good thing to do. So, I never thought it was going to transcend that much. No, nah, man. To be honest to you. I never thought when I started jumping, I would do what I do now. Exactly. And, and skydive full-time is, is beyond what I do right now. It, it's definitely fulfill our lives. Uh, you started skydiving in 95? 94. 94. And how many skydives did you have before you actually started jumping camera for the first time? Um, it took me a little bit. Um, it, it more than the amount of jumps, it took me time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a college student then, you know, so yeah. I was broke. Uh, I didn't have a lot of money uh, to go spend skydiving. Um, but every now and then, I will just stay current, kind of thing. Um, but I probably, I probably started late to wear a camera. Uh, I wasn't really interested at first. Um, of jumping a camera all the time. Um, I, I don't know. I started jumping camera probably about 300 jumps. But what, what year is this, and wh- what does your average skydiving camera look like at this time? There's uh, a camera on the bottom left shelf. You want to grab it? It was a very big to camera, left. tape, uh, kind of high eight camera. Hi, okay, all right. High eight, probably. So was my first just, setup. Just for someone who has only seen people jumping with a GoPro? Compare those two cameras. Uh, well, my first camera was about this big. Are we talking about camera steel? Yeah. <laughs> so for people listening, it's like what, like a loaf of bread it was, size? It was bigger This than was that. small for yeah. my first. This was not yes. my first camera, and this was actually small 
when I yeah. got it. Like, oh it my was, god, that's so tiny. It was probably yeah. I remember when these cameras came out. It was probably twice. That. Twice. So we're talking a healthy yeah. loaf of bread. Uh, maybe three quarters of a loaf of bread. Okay. Were you shooting a high eight? Uh, before uh, before high eight. What was the other? Um, VHSC. I, uh, the small one, yes. Yeah, VHSC. Yes, VHSC. Okay. Uh, nerd. Um, yeah, and then high eight, then mini DV was the next one, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Dig eight was my, in there, but my same first, size. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. My first uh, mini DV camera was a PC seven. So Probably you got in the mini DV game late. Uh, like I said, I wasn't, you know, that interested on flying a lot of video. Uh, I did a lot of jumps, scatter jumps without without camera. Um, I always liked photography though. Uh, before before I started jumping, uh, my dad had a nice camera. He taught me how to use it, so I got interested in photography. And that's one thing I want people to definitely check out. I want to talk about that at some point. Uh, DanielAngulo.com. Daniel, A-N-G-U-L-O. DanielAngulo.com. Uh, your photography, I, I knew of you because of skydiving. I knew of you because uh, of the sport. And I know you've been doing uh, photography projects besides. But until we booked you for the show, I didn't realize how deep it went until I got into that photo album. And holy cow. <laughs> Thank you, man. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you like my work. Yeah, you do a lot of great uh, things. Thank you. Yeah, I have a lot of fun. Um, I try to, uh, photography-wise or videography-wise, I try to not stick to one thing. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people will say you should, you know, specialize in, uh, I don't know, weddings or portraits or whatever. I, I have a lot of fun doing other things as well. Uh, you know, just like skydiving. You know, I, don't, I not only free fly, I do belly flying or do AFF or, you know, I have fun flying my canopy, so... In photography, I'm kind of the same way. Uh, try to keep my options options open and you know try new things. So your love of photography came before your love of skydiving, or vice versa? Yeah, no, I started uh, getting into photography earlier. Uh, probably was at 13, 14 years old. Uh, obviously, at home, you know, my dad owned a camera, a really nice camera, and he taught me how to use it. And now, all of a sudden, I'm in charge of taking photos of the family. So. Dad uh, just didn't want to work anymore. Yeah, I, Go to work, yeah, kid. Once, once you know how to, you know, mow the lawn, you, you're in charge of it. Dude, kind of thing. <laughs> I refuse to learn how to mow the lawn. My sister, I, I, through my senior year of high school, she cooked me lunch all the time. I don't know how to cook, Debbie. That was always yeah. my answer. I don't know how to cook. Yeah. So, you, that that kind of thing. So that you know, I I, I always liked the uh, the results if they were good. Um, I guess uh, I had an artistic eye or artistic side since since I was young, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. So as a young jumper, you didn't get into shooting video till you had three hundred plus skydives. That's when um, you first put a camera on. I I did jump cameras before that, but I didn't. First, I didn't have the money to buy one. Yeah. Um, so I, not all the time I was jumping cameras. Uh, I'll borrow you know helmets with cameras and you know. Oh, you film, you know, those those type of jumps where you, where, uh, you do outside and, hey, everybody wants to be in the video, right? Especially that that time uh, back in the 90s uh, uh, that not, not a lot of people had a camera. Yeah. So everybody wanted to be on the video. It's that's, that's the thing that's changed between yesterday and today. I remember 
when I could jump a camera for the first time, and it really wasn't I could, it was I was capable, I had the resources to jump a camera. Everybody's like, fuck, you got a camera. We were always excited. Everybody wanted to jump with you. because You jumped the camera, not that I did. Yes. Today's generation has it backwards, man. They're so excited on when they can jump with a camera instead of being excited with like, yo, Nick, when can you jump with a camera? I want you to video me. Like, if you if you fun jump with me when I have, you notice I don't wear a camera when I fun jump. I can see all that. I just want a video of me. I, I don't I care about that. I love when I don't yeah. jump a camera. Man. Yeah. It's, it's, my neck thanks me. It's one less bit of responsibility. Hey, sweetheart. Guys and gals, uh, just a the little bit of a distraction. A hello. Hey, home. Lynn, how are you doing? Yeah, hey, guys, carry on a conversation one second. My mother-in-law is visiting. Well, hey there, Mr. Daniel. Nicholas. So we're finally alone. Uh, no, Justin's <laughs> still here. I can't get too weird. Uh, just pretend I'm not here. So <laughs> how, how many jumps uh, did USPA have a regulation about how many jumps um, were required when you started? No, back in the day um, in Venezuela especially, I don't think uh, the drop zones uh, we jumped were... Um, you know, all USBA regulated and all that stuff. And um, uh, if they were, they USBA didn't have anything uh, regarding cameras jumping. Do you know that DJ when they started uh, instituting the two hundred jump recommendation? That's not long ago. That's not old. Oh five, oh nine, somewhere in that range. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't know the date down right away. But between oh five and oh nine. Someone pointed it out to me recently that the new version of the SIM no longer says that. Is that correct? I don't believe that. Okay. The new version of the SIM is also not available for people to read yet, so I'm not sure how they saw that. Well, the last version, the one that I use for the oh yeah, AFF of course. course. No, I'm positive the recommendation's still in there. I, it's got to be. I had it a hard time finding it. I think it said something about C license, but it didn't say 200 jumps. It does recommend a C license, which okay. is 200 skydives. It, again, it's a recommendation. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, you... Yeah. It was really hard to find, too. I yeah. couldn't find the spot where it said that. It's in the SIM in Section 6-5 like or something like that, and it, it's it's a very vague reg- recommendation that says you should have at least a C license, other training, et cetera, and so C license is an immediate, easy answer to tell somebody 200 jumps. That's what it takes to get a C license. It's easier to tell a skydiver, yo, wait till you have at least 200 jumps and to explain what a C license is to them when they have 20 jumps. So that's why we say 200 usually. I just I, th- the only reason I asked the question was I just was uh, interested to compare the difference in what a camera looks like now and a, what a camera looked like and when, when the rule was instituted. They were huge and heavy. Just because I, I feel like, it, you know, GoPro, as much of a hazard as it still can be, is a lot safer than uh, than those big bulky cameras. Of, uh, of definitely, yes. Um, remember also that back in the day, we didn't have velocities or Valkyries or, you know, a lot of those canopies, high-performance canopies. Um, the risk is still there. You just had a lot more time to deal with it, you know. Um, especially the, I, the bulky cameras, they're definitely, yeah. I'm still of the opinion that 200 jumps might be too soon for a lot of people. So it's uh, Even with the smaller I'm camera. I'm sure. So I'm the sure. recommendation did come into play when small cameras like the GoPro were around. I do remember that um, because that was part of the conversation. Actually, no, I think it came right beforehand, and then they reconsidered the conversation because of the GoPro, and it changed nobody's mind on the board of directors. That's who makes these rules, regulations, bylaws, whatever, uh, recommendations, and none of the board members were convinced that the GoPro was any safer because it's more about the distraction. Oops, I forgot it's to buckle my chin strap. Oops, it's I forgot to do my safer. chest strap. Um, I was at the World Freefall Convention shooting video of a big way. I say big way, like 40 way. 
and Norman had a slot across from me. I was directly across from him, and a guy named Grant was 90 degrees off from both of us. And Grant and I were supposed to stay in certain quadrants, and we both saw the same shot, and we both wanted the same shot, and we came within an inch of each other in free fall collision just trying to take the same picture. We're not going to get distracted. We're going to fly these slots. We're going to do these things in a disciplined manner with a couple thousand jumps each, and yet we were still distracted. You say you're not going to get distracted. Um, yeah, I've, I've been distracted by cameras. How many times have you seen people like, oh, am I on? Is it recording? You know, and you can stop them. I've seen planes do a go-around because the camera didn't work. <laughs> you know, it's, it's stupid, as stupid as it sounds, but it's, it's true. My camera's not working. It's, um, that's one of the most entertaining things I see in the airplane is everybody waving at each other's cameras. Like, I, I definitely understand a video check when you're shooting something important. I'm about to shoot somebody's tandem you know if, you, if you're going out with your buddy and you're about if to you're shoot working a tandem, yeah. i understand that yeah if you're going out uh, we have people shooting courses for us so you're you're going to do something memorable i want i want to yeah if i'm shooting for you for example i want to check that yeah. I'm recording because the evaluation could depend on that yeah it could save somebody's but but the average fun jump if i wear a camera even when i was working when i wear a camera i turn it on when the door light comes on i turn it i hit record when i start to climb out and i've never checked and the only time that's failed me I didn't have a card, a tape, a battery. There was a failure beyond operation. Yeah. There's nothing you could do anyways. Yeah. So all that time in the plane winking at each other, I'm like, oh, man, just push the button and go. You either get it or you don't. You mean it's it's not that important to re record my point of view on my solo free fly skydive? <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's how you train. No? <laughs> That's how you know I you're I couldn't tell why I was backsliding straight. from my video of this guy and nothing <laughs> <laughs> Oh my video God. Looks I, I love that. I love that when someone's like, you know, brand new to their camera too. They're jumping it by themselves. It's like, what are you, what are you filming? I want to see my, my turn. It's like, dude, you're doing a 90 <laughs> at 300 feet. Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> I want to check don't out my turn, camera. Don't turn low. Yeah. Now, I definitely understand the guys and gals who say, I want to go do a solo to get comfortable with flying a camera by myself, but I never hear that answer. No, I was going to say, people say that? Yeah, no, When man. did that start? No. If, it's, if people did say that, I would have a lot more respect. Oh, dude, and it's a good, it's a recommendation. Fly, if you yeah. want to go fly a fucking camera for the first jump, man, go do a hop and pop or two. Just get used to operating the sucker. Then go do a yeah, solo totally. jump. Then go do a couple two ways. Just chill. There ain't no rush. I promise you, you ain't going to get Norman Kent, Daniel Angulo style photos in your first 50 uh, jumps. You can't compare me to <coughs> Norman Kent. To Norman. Uh, dude, you dude, know, you guys God. You guys are in the same class. He's the valedictorian, and you were the guy in the back <laughs> cleaning with a mop and putting stuff <laughs> away <laughs> in the closet. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> you were the guy in, in summer school making up the math. Uh, Norman is the boss. So what did you do in your first bunch of jumps since you couldn't fly video or choose not to? Uh... Not much. I did a lot of belly flying, um, normal stuff. Um, groups. I have. A, I had a, a group of friends that we would go to to scouting events or boogies together. Uh, we just did whatever, you know, like a little belly flying or let's try some free flying. And back in the day, like formal coaching to learn how to free fly, that's for sissies. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it was. It wasn't that way. I wish it was like today. I, I wish we had all the resources that you know are available today to train that's why i encourage people to get coaching you get better quicker and then now you can rip with your friends you know you can you can skydive with your friends and be better and do better jumps um back in the day we didn't have that so we just got together and did whatever we wanted you know uh belly flying hybrids uh you know a little bit of free flying 
maybe a little bit of tracking or so I did a bunch of other other stuff before I started wearing a camera. I remember one day jumping <laughs> we we were at, um we we jump a lot with the military in Venezuela so uh with the army especially. So I rem I had a film camera that was a, like almost a disposable camera and I was jumping with that and and I was taking photos and you know, <laughs> it was film. in your hand. Yeah, it awesome. was in my hand, and it was one in the, the I film and <laughs> taking another photo. I took like four photos. Yeah. I would not recommend doing it. I took a selfie, it. like the first yeah. genuine skydiving selfie, probably. Yeah, <laughs> I took a photo of myself. I wouldn't recommend it at I think all. I still have it. But I've had tandem students <laughs> bring up those disposable cameras and say, "Hey, I want to jump Can with I jump this. this." Yeah. And if they were cool and it was a slow weekday, I can't promise this is going to work. I might drop your camera, but I got an idea. <laughs> and I would go out, throw the drogue, check my handles with this thing in my hand, yeah. and then <laughs> snap off a couple pictures <laughs> under canopy, hand it back, and yeah, say, you oh take I some know, selfies. Man. It'll look better. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw one of them. I, I asked them all, like, make a copy, send me a copy, let me see them. Maybe, I, I you, maybe you got a badass shot and you don't know. Huh? Dude, I, it's, I have no <laughs> clue, man. So I, I actually claim I don't take selfies, but I think I did before. I, I was maybe yeah yeah it didn't count. I I took a skydiving selfie. That was the only one I've taken. I think. Oh man, <laughs> selfies under parrot man. Sorry, so I hate that. Oh. Go I, ahead. I've never done it under canopy. I never I never taken a selfie under. I don't have a selfie under canopy. And it, why not? Go, why not? Because I want to see where I'm going, man. I want to see if what if uh, someone doesn't see me and I don't see them. You know, uh, I don't like canopy collisions. They're not fun. You ever see that, Nick? People posting selfies of themselves? Oh, yeah, time. people with less than 200 jumps who shouldn't That's be having so a camera on a skydive at all. Who Most so of them have less than 100 even jumps. I'm sure are knowingly even breaking if, the rules. Man, even if it's a stupid fucking iPhone, why would you... I mean, I understand that people live off social media these days, but come on, man. I mean, I safety first, huh? I want to fantasize that those people did a hop and pop and uh, took that picture third. at least. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> but I don't think that's what's going on. No. Uh, I, it's... I'd like to also think they're going to do a hop and pop with their first camera jumps, but you know, another another. Does story. that happen? No. Uh, there's the occasional person who who sure. does. Yeah, I'm sure. Rarely, rarely. Um, you know, I would prefer a lot more people uh, do that and come ask before they just strap a camera. Um, I've seen a lot of people uh, at any drop zone, to be honest, uh, waiting for their 200 jumps, and that 201 is the first camera jump and. They don't know shit about. So let's park right there at that statement, man. The, the United States Parachute Association recommends at least 200 skydives and additional considerations. I'm not verbatim with that statement, but 200 jumps, A, is not a fucking magic number. I firmly believe there are guys out there with 150 jumps who are capable. Yes. I don't believe, I, I believe you are a unicorn, you are a rare exception, you are a Jimmy Wynn, you are a different, unique character and creature. You're a snowflake. You're a snowflake. Um, <laughs> I believe most people, it's more than 200. It's 300 plus is even even considerable. Totally. Um, but also... And I believe there's people that shouldn't jump a camera, period. Dude, me. I shouldn't jump one. Just stop asking me to. Uh, so the other considerations, beyond I want more experience, how current am I? I should probably have made at least 50 skydives in the last year, and that's probably not really enough. 100 would be a better idea. Yeah. But people don't think about their emergency procedures. How much has your EPs changed since you start flying video and Nick follow you, them up? You will be surprised uh, how, my, how much my EP are different when I'm jumping a camera or when I'm jumping my big helmet compared to when I'm jumping my, my GoPro helmet or my fun jump helmet, you know, or 
Um, if I if I'm doing a hop and pop, for example, I don't wear a camera. I, I don't need it, you know. Um, but if I'm doing another another jump, especially with my big helmet, my EPs uh, first start early. Um, they are different because I have a bigger setup. Uh, one thing I uh, would not do, or I would do, is start fast. I need to do it fast. If if I have a uh, riser coming in my helmet, I'm getting rid of the helmet no matter what. I just not think about it. And that's the first step of my EP. Uh, and that's totally different from another uh, emergency procedures where you just go straight to cut away and, and pull your reserve. You can't do that if you're entangled. Uh, if your riser is entangled in your head. A lot of new jumpers don't think about what you just said, but realize that if there is a riser stuck on your camera and you cut away, you're now done. you're going to have... A, a pilot shoot by itself generates 80-plus pounds of force. Your parachute's probably more drag than that and probably generating over 100 pounds of force. Pulling straight on your neck. Uh, you, you're going to be unconscious by the time you pull your handle for sure. So the first recommendation any of us have to a, a new video flyer is get coaching and, and get these yes. processes. But you have to change your emergency procedure. One you of them, have to. you set a higher decision altitude. Nick, do you actually play by the same deck? Do you have a decision altitude that defines all skydives or camera versus Gosh, camera I guess, jumps? I guess I don't really uh, think <clears throat> about the actual altitude number. Uh, with most of my video jumps, almost all of them are, are tandem videos, and that's kind of what I think about when I think about having a, a camera malfunction. But I guess... My thought with it has always gone to uh, when you train EPs, you know, the, the whole thing is you want to train it over and over, become muscle memory to where, you know, the situation is something that you don't really have to think about very much. That The reaction is a lot more instinctive now. So now you put a camera on your head, which is totally going to change. You know, uh, um, an entanglement with a camera can look like a lot of different things. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think it... it, it makes the person wearing the camera, you need to have the wherewithal to be able to pause during your EPs and think about what's the right thing to do right now. And that's what I think is the biggest thing about you know that 200 jump number is I, I was jumping a camera at 200 jumps and nobody told me this stuff. And I if you asked me, me today to talk to that person then, I would say, hey, you're totally not ready to be jumping this camera until you put a lot of thought into these things. And... Uh, so I guess it just takes a level of experience and a level of, hey, I need to be able to think during a canopy malfunction and not just do the, the you know, cutaway pull reserve that's instinctive for a lot of people during a malfunction. So uh, I guess I don't have a, a hard number, if, if that's the question that you're asking. It's interesting because you brought it up differently. I'm, I'm the same as Nick. My decision altitude is 2,000 feet, period, end of statement, unless I'm on a tandem, it's another number. But when, when I'm jumping a sport rig, and it doesn't matter if I'm jumping the ash bag that we, you and I have shared recently, whether it's jumping a camera, whether it's just jumping my normal main. Um, my, for me, there I love the idea. I'm jumping a more complex setup, so I probably need, and I have to add a step, so I should probably add 500 feet. Yeah. Is I, it, I do change my EPs. I, I change the altitude of my, of my EPs uh, depending on, on the setup I'm wearing. <coughs> if I'm jumping my GoPro, I can, you know, take an whatever altitude I need to um, because it's easier to handle the, and take off that helmet or we could just get sure. rid of it, you know. Uh, the big camera helmet, I have a lot more to do. Even after uh, I open my canopy, I have a lot more to do. And I have um, a little more limited range um, of sight. It's harder, it's harder to turn my head and look where I'm going with a big setup, you know. Um, 
So yeah, I do change the altitude of my EPs. And normally, if I'm on a filming affirmation, I will pull on top of the formation on first breakoff. So that's what I'm pulling at five thousand feet, five five, depending on you know the 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 formation. Um, so that means my normal opening procedure starts earlier. Why not my EP? If I, you know, if something goes wrong, you have more time. Yeah. Why not? So an argument I, I hear in my, my initial thought process is, is, is answered by thinking about it. But the argument I'll hear right away is somebody says, well, if you have two different emergency procedures or decision altitudes, then that's going to be convoluted and you have to remember which one's which. And that's a valid statement. It's that valid means statement, to yes. me you should have the freaking background decision-making ability and experience to allow you to shift gears because tandem Definitely. instructors Definitely. have a different yes. decision altitude and yes. pull altitude than we do as sport jumpers. Yeah. So we're capable of making these shifts. So I don't think it's too much. Um, I just, it just proves it, you're it, not ready. You get used to it. Um, <coughs> I started doing that um, because I, you know, I thought about I've, that's probably my nightmare. You know, having uh, an emergency with my cameras, where my cameras are involved in the emergency, or my cameras are part of the emergency. Uh, that means my neck. You know, uh, so I have practiced my emergency procedures wearing that, wearing that particular helmet. I've tried that like every every year. I would say, more or less. Um, I take it apart. I make sure it works. Um, I have a tone fly. I would jump tone flies. And, uh, Fucking nice helmets. They're, I love them. I love, they're <coughs> very comfortable. They're quiet. You know, they're super, super awesome helmets. Uh, so uh, their, their, their cutaway <coughs> system works. It works really well. It's very simple, and it works really well. But I test it. I tested every let's say every year I do I do the cutaway system uh, I activate the cutaway system at home and it works uh, and I assemble it again before you sure. grab your camera helmet people before you jump up off your couch or stop your iPhone or whatever you're listening to this on and go try this a make sure you don't have a spring loaded cutaway system and if you have a spring loaded cutaway system do this in a very closed room Maybe in your yeah, shower yeah, with yeah, a drain yeah. closed and the curtain drawn because because it, the the spring is gonna jump. Yeah, I've lost. I haven't yeah. lost pins, springs, and rods, but I have been in a tight area. I was warned. Closed the drain in my tub, drew the curtain, cut it away, and everything's in the base of my tub. I can find it all. Yeah. Um, Nick, have you ever actually cut away your camera helmet on the ground? Gosh, I I know that I cut it away when I first got the I jump a toe fly also, <coughs> which was a huge step up from my Rawa. Um, both comfort and, and quality of the helmet, it's it's pretty hard to compare. But no, I, I know that I, I practiced with it on the ground when I first got it just to make sure I understood the mechanics work, of yeah. it. And it's really simple. Tone fly is really simple. It's uh, one uh, one Teflon cable that keeps the you know, the rest of it together. Mm -hmm. But uh, I bet you I haven't pulled it since I've assembled my helmet. I, I've, I've practiced pulling it. I know right where it lives. You know, I've practiced it's, it's, the situations the where I pull it. But uh, no, I haven't actually pulled. It's that basically cable. the same system of your as your your cutaway cable. You know that things can get stuck in there, especially if you don't check it. You know, sweat. Uh, you jump a lot in the summer, and it's you know it's hot, so we sweat a lot. Uh, so I definitely make sure it can work, especially at the beginning of the year, uh, right about around safety day. I'll say, yeah. you know, when when I always do the the seminar. So. I always you're going to sure. do the Safety Day Seminar again this year? Yeah, for Sweet. sure. Sweet. I was going to load that. Awesome, that, dude. We'll talk more later yeah, on. For it's sure. awesome. Um, um, 
I when I was taught to shoot video, I was taught uh, cut away your helmet every time you get a reserve repack. Every time you get a reserve repack, you should also be inspecting your three ring release system, which is actually more frequent than even that. Yeah. You should, repl- but it you get paranoid with experience. Yeah, but you totally. you inspect it at least at a, at a minimum. You inspect inspect every reserve repack, or at least your riggers do, depending on how you do that. I also would cut away my main or my helmet, inspect that process. Um, I don't jump cameras a lot. When I, I do, one of my helmets is a fuel, and it has a cutaway, and the fuel system is super simple. It's I've, awesome. That helmet's good. Yeah, I've probably cut that helmet away more times than I've actually jumped it because I, I like my G3. I like my full face, so I, I, don't, I don't jump camera there off. Is a, there is a system to cut away the G3. Uh, G3. I, um, I've seen it. I haven't actually tested that helmet which system what have you seen uh the one that you pull it goes to the chin strap not to the not to the so one to the fabric on the back though so one of the things that people have told me they'll do is hey man i if i need to cut my camera away my helmet away I can just reach up and disconnect the fast text clip. No. Not, not when you that's got lines tied around the camera and a riser <laughs> no, across no. your neck. That's, yes. that's not true. That's not true. They're designed I, to I, tighten on load. I, I do that test on every seminar at, uh, um, you know, the, the beginning day. of the year, safety day. Um, those fasteners are designed to tighten with load, with a lot of load. So when you pull on them, it's not going to, First, it's going to be hard to find where it is. Yeah. You know, and then especially if you're in an emergency, you're spinning. You don't know what, you know what you're going to have. You don't know what you're going to have. So on, once it's that tight, it's just not going to come out. It's not going to come out. So it's, I, I'm gl- I haven't seen the chin, the, the, side, the side mount. I would love to see that. I prefer a G3 because I prefer a full face. I have seen the Tonefly camera helmets, and if I was still shooting video, um, I would want a Tonefly helmet because they They're make awesome. a, a great camera platform. Dude, those cameras, look, those helmets just look comfortable as shit. Um, but so I, I go with a, a, a snagless mount or a, a snag-free as possible mount with a roller mount, the, the G3, uh, the cookie roller mount, and that seems to work out pretty decent. But cutaway is the best answer. That's the first thing you say is we change our end, EPs. Yeah, in the end, you have to change your EPs. No matter if you, uh, I mean, you, you never know why, when or yeah. if you're going to get one emergency that involves your helmet. So we teach tandem instructors one of what I think is the stupidest things in the world. And I say it's stupid because we have to teach it. We shouldn't have to teach this. This should be a natural thought process. We teach tandem instructors, when you put your rig on, you touch all your handles in order. When you go to board the plane, you touch all your handles in the order. When you sit down on the plane, you touch all your handles in order. Before you get up, you touch all your handles in the order. Before you move to the door, you touch all your handles in the o- in order. You will check your handles every time you move. That's what I was also taught during my first jump course as a student. We're taught to touch everything. But the thing that we tell tandem instructors is touch them with the intent of using them every time so you have the muscle memory down. I see people touch their handles in the airplane for EPs and they just tap them. It's there. It's there. No, can you A, grab them. Can you grab it. And B, go through the muscle memory and the motions. Uh, Clint, one of our recent guests, he actually had a cutaway. I know that's hard to believe. Clint had a cutaway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no way. Did he really? Clint's got more cutaways oh, than Justin's got man. fucking skydives, bro. I'm just saying. Um, how many skydives you got, Justin? Can't love you. Clint, About love 600. You. About 600? Yeah. I think you guys are fucking vying right I there. Think you guys so. are competition. I think it's true. Yeah. I always give him a round of applause when he lands his main. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Clint. Somebody at the drop zone is trying to beat him. He uh, <laughs> he actually suggested he 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 had his first cutaway when we moved here, and said he was trying to pull this on his handle. 
And as he's trying to tug on his handle and he couldn't pull on it, he remembers watching me in the plane peel and punch. And he peels and punches. It worked. And he changed his habits. He said, I now in the plane go through the muscle memory every time. When I jump a camera helmet with a cutaway system, I include that as part of my handle touches. When you do your handle touch in the plane, Nick, do you touch your cutaway system on your... Uh, I touch it when I gear up with my with my helmet. So it's not part of my regular handle check. It's more part of when my helmet's... My hand, my, my your camera, helmet's on. My camera is its own gear check. So okay. I, I have three cameras. I don't know if you noticed. I have a GoPro on the front, and then I have a video camera here and a stills camera here. So I go through the... It's a systems check of powering up my camera is cool, door secured, cool, stills are on, on. I check the settings of the camera to make sure I'm not the guy landing without pictures for whatever reason. And uh, then I put my helmet on, bite switch in my mouth, then I uh, check the chin cup and check the cutaway handle. So every jump you touch that handle? I touch it every jump, yeah. And yeah. you? Yeah. yeah. I do have, uh, I touch the cutaway system every time. It's now, part of my handle check. And you do check it as part of your actual yeah, system handle check. And I, I would recommend uh, anybody, including Nick, make it part of your system handle checks. Uh, one of the number one killers in skydives is out of, uh, out of order procedures of any type, whether Definitely, it's out of order yeah. procedures for water landing, for emergency procedures, tandem procedures. It is the number one killer out of order operations. And the more complex the operation, the m- more potential for out of order. And USPA passed a BSR, a basic safety requirement that says instructors must touch their handles in order. And I don't believe most people on the board passed it to touch the handles. I believe most people passed it on the board to touch them in order. It was the order Definitely. that was the importance. Yes. And, and to build that muscle. Like tandem instructors with thousands of skydives are going in because they pull them out of order. So I would encourage anybody, yeah. touch that handle in order if you, a- if you add a new handle to your process. Especially if you add a new handle to your process. Mm-hmm. Um, and you should. If you're jumping a camera, you should have a cutaway system. I strongly recommend that you have a cutaway system. And you include that in your emergency procedure. Um, I actually sometimes I practice my EPs with one hand. You don't know if, if you know if you're single-handed for some for whatever reason. Once guy, are, are you able to yeah. cut away and pull your reserve on time with one hand, right or left? Yeah, it, you might have a dislocated shoulder. You don't know. You might yeah. have a line around yeah, it. You might have I'm, a plastic around I'm, it. Um, yeah, you break your hand. What? Yeah. So it, it, it brings it to a side question. You know, we asked about cutting away your helmet. When's the last time you actually pulled your cutaway handle and your reserve handle on the ground? On the ground, a cutaway. Um, I try to do it, and I'm going to say I try uh, every time I have to repack my reserve. Uh, this last time I didn't do it. Uh, but I know my reserve comes out. <laughs> and you know there. how <laughs> peeling those handles feel. Yes. How often have you pulled those handles? Uh, I used to do it every repack. But you had an I emergency recently. I did. <laughs> yeah, not too long ago. It worked, months, huh? A few months ago. It worked great. Yeah. And it was actually, I wanted to bring this up, but I didn't want to interrupt before, that I used to not do peel punch. I used to just do adrenaline field punch punch. <laughs> that was, And it worked. It absolutely worked. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it makes, after hearing it explained by someone who knew more than me about the wear on the cables and uh, that it's just not built to work that way. I yep. started thinking and practicing peel punch, peel punch, peel punch. Yep. And on my last two malfunctions, I've noticed mid malfunction. Hey, I just peel punched. That's the thought going through <laughs> my head <laughs> because it, you know, it feels you different. After it, you cut away, yeah, no. Man. As I'm cutting away, I'm like, oh, oh I yeah. peeled it that time. <laughs> and it was like I wasn't thinking peel punch then, but that's how I had started to practice it. And it's so true. What you practice on the ground is what you're going to do in the sky. Yeah, totally. But uh, I don't do it anymore. 
because I see the look on the riggers' face when I ask them, hey, can I pull my handles up here? And they're just whining about it. So I, uh, I go to Malfunction Junction, and I'll usually stand at Malfunction Junction once or twice a month and pull handles there. If you ever see me over there, just like I usually go when someone's already halfway through Malfunction Junction, and I just show up. And don't I've seen that. I'm I've not. That. I'm not there. Like, hey, I'm here to practice EPs. I just listen and I just go through the thought of, of what I'm actually going to do in that situation. Although the, the the tension on the handles isn't the same. I feel like with enough real cutaways, I have the understanding of what that yeah. tension is going to be like, and I know that I have the strength and the direction of where I'm applying that movement to, to do it successfully. But uh, try it single-handed. I have never tried it single-handed. I haven't. It's a good idea. Mm. Try uh, try next time you uh, next time you get a reserve repack. Try cutting away without pulling your handles and pulling your reserve without pulling your handles. Take your Wait, thumb. Say that again. Oh, is you just yeah, clearing just the cables? Shoving through yeah. your cables okay. and cutting away. That That's too, an yeah. emergency. You might need to know one day. And if you don't understand what I'm saying on this podcast or on this video, approach an instructor and ask him about it. It's an advanced technique and tip that I'm not going to just completely yeah, share. Just, yeah. But I would happily that. teach somebody, use your handles, use your handles, use your handles. But if you ever needed to, you could stick your thumb right above your handle between the cable and the webbing the cable. and strip the fucker. You might yep. get a, 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 a splinter of cable on your thumb, but that's better than getting yeah, a ground up your right, ass, huh? right? Yeah. So <laughs> ground up your ass, splinter of my finger. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to cry about the splinter and be happy with that, man. Yeah. Fuck. Um, uh, so, Nick, I would recommend doing that next time you have a chance to I've, do it. I've certainly pulled just the cables, doing like changing canopies over, yeah. and put my thumb there and pulled the cables that way with the handle still stowed but only because I felt like I could be a little more gentle removing the cable than peeling the whole handle, yeah. taking it all apart, putting the canopy on, and putting the handle back. Wearing the Velcro out. Yeah, exactly. So, And mostly because I just didn't want to take the handle know. out and put it back in. It was just <laughs> it's a easier. lazy move. <laughs> it was a lazy move, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I, would, uh, I would recommend, first of all, ignore what Nick said about riggers not liking us cutting away and pulling our reserve in the loft. They love it. Um, Maybe that's true. No, not, when, not when you know them really well, though. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm going to say even if they don't love them, I love my riggers, I love my boys, but fuck those guys. You practice awesome. those EPs. They're, they're awesome. Um, they're, they're, especially, uh, you know, Matthew is an AFF instructor, and they all... Yeah. They, uh, they're all coaches. Jeremy's super, super awesome. Um, oh yeah, super Jeremy's girl. super heads up with, with gear and all that. Yeah. And I'll Go tell you, him, guys. they him. might give us grief because we I, get... I think it's because we work there. Yeah. There's a certain level of familiarity that you come wouldn't... Come on, dude. Fuck off, they say. <laughs> yeah, dude, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I actually like, come do on, it. grow up. I do it twice a year. I have two rigs. What, you can't do it? Four repacks. So twice a year, I pull every other rig. It, what, at rig A, six months. Rig B, six months. Back and forth. They've never once given me shit. They get why. I'll actually well, stand yeah, in the middle of the shit. rigging loft and spin myself in circles and then stop myself and pull my handles. <laughs> <laughs> now, do I really think I'm that's a that. super <laughs> practical exercise? Not nearly as practical as it is fucking <laughs> fun, dude. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that and cursing in the middle of the way because that's the way I do every time I have to cut away. God damn it. Spin till you're dizzy bitch. as fuck and look at your handles and try to pull them. Like, really, it, it's, it, it is a little bit legit. It's more fun than anything. So I'm curious. How yeah. do you feel the when you land a reserve parachute after a cutaway? How do you feel in that moment? When I land? Yeah. Or when I... When you land. When, I, when, when you land, uh, you just had a cutaway. You just landed on your reserve. How do you feel? Fuck. I feel, I feel disappointed. In what way? In one way, I feel disappointed because I can't make the next load, you know? Like, God damn it. <laughs> I don't have another rig right now, so I, I'm not going to make the next load. Um, I was pissed I, I had I, to find I'm my main in a corn. That's what I was pissed about. <laughs> I, 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 I've never lost the main completely. 
So yeah. I've I've never felt that way. I've taken a day to find I'm, one. I'm taking I've taken a day to find it, yeah. but I always found it. So yeah, and the last time I chopped, uh, I I had a that emergency where I um, I broke four lines Ooh. at a time. That was a lot of fun. It spawned me like three times before I reached to before like in less than a second I did like four spins, um, and I was cursing all the way through the spinning, <laughs> <laughs> I and I found it real quick. I found it real quick. It was very easy to find. Um, was that fairly recently? I think I was there when that happened. Uh, probably. It, I was doing an AFF. I was doing an SCP jump. Uh, um, so yeah, it, it, maybe a couple years ago that one. The last time I landed, okay. I, I remember you saying like you broke four lines. I'm like, how the heck does that even happen? Uh, I was, I was, I was j jumping the wrong lines for what I was doing. So it was. It you was were so jumping cop lines. I was jumping three hundreds. Jumping hop and pop lines, doing terminal jumps. Yeah, I was doing the critter. I was pulling the critter. So if you're if you're not quite sure what we're talking about, he's jumping lines that were designed to last 100 to 150 hop and pops. Hop and pops. And he's jumping them terminal for a hundred skydives, which basically blows them up right away. Yeah, totally. I had, I had like fifty-five jumps yeah. on those on that line set. I broke it. And their HMA, Vectron. Uh, Vectron. Okay, Vectron at least yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, Vectron, Vectron three hundreds. Okay. Um, so one of the first considerations is we need to change. And and you you insinuated that you pull higher when you're jumping the big camera. Yes. But in general, you should pull higher if you're jumping a camera. I recommend it, yes. The bigger the setup, the higher you want to pull. Yeah, me. Yeah. Uh, it, it, there are cases if you are under a formation, you have no choice. You know, if, you, if you're jumping a, <laughs> a, a hundred way and, and you're the camera flyer on the bottom, uh, you have no choice. But you're probably at that point jumping a super familiar setup. Totally, yeah. I know my. I've, I've jumped my setup for a long time, and I know what I'm. Yeah, I know the setup I'm jumping, and even my canopy. Yeah. So, I know on those jumps I have to be faster. Uh huh. Uh, so I I I train my brain for it. You know, I know I have I have two audibles all the time, and uh, I just increase my hard deck on you know on those two audibles. It's a good man right there doing two audibles. Yeah, Do you man, jump too? Always. It's, it's I mean, always. I always. Not on a tandem two. jump. Tandem, tandem work jump. I only, I only jump one because even there are a, a several other altimeters that should be reaching pull time shortly before mine. And if I don't catch that as a cue, then maybe I had it coming. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, anytime I'm doing anything else, yeah, always two audibles. Yeah. What I'm, about you, Justin? Just before I started doing uh, the AFF course, I bought the second audible. Yeah, yeah man. That it's it's awesome. Definitely, it's awesome. and plus um, it's a pro track too, so I have a nice little computer. Yeah, uh, I love LMB. Uh, I'm sponsored by them. I love them. Uh, they're amazing, and I have two on each helmet. I have two audibles on each helmet. Um, you got four audibles. You a fucking audible whore. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. I I always jump with two audibles. Um, uh, you can you can change them, and you can train. Uh, um, I have. I've trained my ear to know which altitude is my right one, the first one, and the second one, and the third, and fourth. So you do like set them for alternating altitudes? Yes. Nick? Depends totally on the jump. Not, you, not always, but sometimes. You have like, set them alternating. Yeah, it depends on what's happening on the jump. How does that work for you? Well, 
uh, I don't do it often, mm-hmm. so it's usually a, a change that I make right before the jump, so it's really fresh in my brain, and it's usually to cue something out of the ordinary. Yeah. Like, maybe maybe it's a big way, and I'm not in the first breakoff wave, but I still yeah, want to know when it's going to happen. Yeah, maybe when then. they're leaving. And, uh, with yeah. some of these jumps with the this VR camera that we've been doing, <sighs> someone's been pulling in my face every single time, like yeah, pulling scary. at five right, right next to me. And so I want to know when that's about to happen because it's <laughs> a different thing, you know? Yeah. Sure. So if someone's pulling at five, I have a beep at five, five, lets me know that I need to be where Three I intend and a half to be next, next to them. Later. And uh, yeah, so so someone, we've had someone with these group jumps, we'd have someone pull at five, and yeah. then the other person tracks away several seconds after, and then I pretty much pull in place. But uh, it lets me know how, you know, I have a good, a good idea of when the pull's coming and how far away I'm going to be beneath them because I'm just yeah. with the VR the less I move whatsoever even to move my head down to track it looks better it looks better yeah and with breaking a you know a three way with three highly experienced skydivers with one person already being under an open canopy at 5000 <laughs> feet I feel pretty safe about it yeah I love having uh, my two audibles and and I know I can know before break off during break off during the second wave or the time, the altitude I need to pull or before the, I need to pull and, and all that stuff. What audibles are you jumping? Um, I do have a, a Protract 2 on each helmet and I do have a Solo in one and uh, what's the other one? Optima Quattro. Quattro. The, no, not the Quattro, the Optima and ah. the other one. Okay. So. Depending on what I'm doing, I just change setups. I use uh, on my fun jump helmet. I do have the one uh, with the canopy warnings, and the solo is in the camera helmet. I don't turn very much if I if I have my ca- my big camera helmet. Jump of the big rig, you kind of chill. Yeah, I do 90s and I I land in front of the hangar. Yeah. I walk less with that heavy helmet. You don't want to get the really expensive stuff wet. Uh, first, <laughs> no, you'll never... I you mean, you don't want to do downwinders at the pond with your full camera set up on? <laughs> who would do that? Yeah, I know. I don't know who does that on every <laughs> single jump I've ever seen them do. Who? I don't know. No, I'm I actually don't. really lost. I want to know actually, who. I'll, I'll if, tell you later. If, uh... <laughs> I don't want to throw anyone into the bus. If... <laughs> honk, honk. <laughs> if I... <laughs> Splash. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm jumping my big camera helmet, you may see me turning. Who? But, uh... Uh, you will <laughs> never see me flying over the water. I will tell you this story about someone else. Tommy Miller, brand new to Skydive Space Land. <laughs> it's seriously like it's his third work jump or something. Oh, my God. Oh my God it, may, it may have even been his first work jump, but he was brand new. Brand new. And he went to the pond thinking like, oh, yeah, it's not a big deal. It's I'm not going to I'm not going to chow in the pond. And he drug water so hard that the water splashed up behind him and all over his cameras. And I'm pretty sure this was on a Saturday. Yes. And uh, yeah, he <laughs> ruined his his camera. Fuck yeah, Tommy! And ran into town to bu- to buy a new uh, lens for his <laughs> Canon camera right then because <laughs> his other one was filled with water. <laughs> no shit! Yeah. I did not know. Man, there was a guy who worked at Spaceland named Lance Bates who we we had Tony suits out with their wingsuits. And he goes to demo a wingsuit from Tony Suits. We had a swoop ditch back then, so just a lane, not a full pond. Before the big-ass pond. Yeah, and he decides with a demo suit, he's going to swoop the ditch. He doesn't make it out, so he lands fucking plumb middle, fucking waist to chest deep, because it's a pretty deep ditch, in somebody's fucking borrowed wingsuit. Went up to Tony 
Tony Yergala, the owner of Tony's, and said, eh, I don't know if I like the suit. <laughs> Dropped it off and walked away with nothing else to say. Thug life. <laughs> Full of water, dude. I mean, that's like the saying the fastest car known to man is a rental car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> It'll go anywhere any other vehicle can't. Oh my god, dude! That is true. Remind me not to let Justin Grubbs borrow my car. <laughs> That's what I learned. It's not tonight. a rental, though. Yeah, it's not as a long rental. as you're not getting money for it, right? <laughs> if you are, if I'm paying the fifteen dollar insurance, I'm gonna have fun uh, with it. Oh yeah, you better. <laughs> That's what the insurance is for: is to trash a car. That's right. Yeah. Is there no they clause? They auction them anyways after. So. Do they do? Yeah, I worked for a Ford dealership, and you know, we straight up went to auction and bought rental cars and sold them left and right, man. They were money yeah. makers. So I pulled up yeah. some uh, pictures for people who might not be aware of. Oh, so this is uh, like a fuel dual camera mount. So let's let's sw- segue into mounts. The dual mount. What else did you bring up? And a, a G3, the roller mount. The roller mount. Yeah, that's awesome. So what I want to, and that's a good segue, Justin. I want to bring this back to to the camera flying thing. How do I mount cameras? I eventually want to get into some of the big cameras you fly, but most of what people are jumping are GoPros, uh, uh, Sony cameras. Uh, you've actually jumped those as yeah. well. Um, um, I was sponsored by Sony for a little bit. The new Samsung dude, uh, the, the Gator 3D. Chris, wears a dildo on his head. <laughs> that's, a, that's a butt plug, dude. That's not a dildo. Dude, Gator Chris is a nice guy and all, but he looks like he's got a giant white dong. Not giant, it's actually small. For me, that's giant. A giant white dong on the top of his helmet. That's dude. a 3D. That's the same 3D. That's a 360 uh, camera, yeah. That, that, uh, the 360 that we jumped on. Yeah, that, it's with a the smoke Samsung Gear. Uh, yeah. Samsung Gear 360. That's a cool gadget, man. Which one are you? You're jumping a. a GoPro, uh, GoPro Fusion now, yeah. Fusion, mm. and you've jumped both a man, the the the, the Samsung and the Fusion, the VR. That's what we're using for the VR cool. stuff now, yeah. And yeah. honestly, amazing. It's it's pretty neat, especially with the software that they've developed for for editing and making the, the 360 video into a flat cool. video. It's pretty neat. So, we're, side conversation: What the fuck are you shooting all these VR videos for? So we can't, dis- we can't disclose. Uh, that. I can tell you. Uh, but I they might be some they might dude, be some you party make that mold. noise and I just want to go full <laughs> do it? fucking retard right now. I was waiting for it. <laughs> oh, John they Barry might be some party <laughs> No, isn't that why VR was invented? <laughs> yeah, no, obviously. for what? Yeah. For what? Hasn't that driven every technological Nothing. improvement since people for do checking your thing? handle? The internet's for porn. <laughs> No, we're doing a 360 VR video to be used inside the wind tunnel. So someone puts on a, this VR headset inside the wind tunnel, and it wow, all of a sudden, like magic feels like you're skydiving. It's pretty cool. I thought it was a stupid kind of cheesy idea when they brought it to me, but I was just going to do it anyway because why not? They're, they're, they're paying me to use it. <laughs> but then I got to fly it in the tunnel a couple weeks ago, and I flew it again uh, just yesterday. I got to fly uh, the footage that I filmed in Hawaii. I got to go in the tunnel awesome. and be on the skydive that I filmed in in the wind tunnel. That's and it was it was really <laughs> funny. How was it compared badass. to the well, the real one? I'm re- curious. So when I'm filming the VR stuff, like I'm really honestly just trying to focus on a random spot off in the distance to and keep sk- from to keep from steady, moving. Yeah. So I'm using a random, just like an AFF student would use something on the horizon as they're heading to hold still. I'm doing that as a visual reference for my camera to try and keep my head still. Cool. So, watching the footage <laughs> that I filmed in Hawaii, the first thing I did was look down, and I was like, "Oh man, it's super pretty there," <laughs> which was yeah, a thought that didn't, I didn't have time of course, to you have. You didn't do in, it in, in the sky. It, you didn't yeah. do it in Hawaii. I was worried you're... about getting the shot, and then under canopy, I was worried about man, making I, it back because the I, winds were super crazy. I have to. 
I have to uh, say that be, uh, that's a downside of flying video. You never see the fucking scenery until you're under a canopy, and if you have time, because you have a lot of shit to do flying a video. Uh, yeah. Especially when you open your canopy, you know, I do I do a lot of stuff. Um, but you never see other than the thing you're focused on, you know, affirmation or or if you're taking photos or whatever you want or doing video of you or whatever you want, you're focused on a subject. You're framing. And you're I'm framing. Yeah, yeah. you're framing. But um, that's a downside, and you you have to be focused on what you're filming. And you may, you know, you try to you try to keep your head steady to you know film whatever you're filming. You may look with your eyes something else, but at the same time, you have to be aware of your surroundings. Uh, because like you said, you almost came into a free fall collision with someone doing trying to get the same shot. I've been in that same place. Uh, so there is something uh, you have to be focused on what you're filming if you are doing video or if you're wearing a camera just to wear a camera and, and get what you get. Um, you might not be as you know as focused on 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 this shot, let's call it that way, right? Um, but if you are focused on the shot, you now have to keep your head steady, but you still have to be aware of your surroundings, and you have to make sure everybody is in your sight, and that's really hard to do if you're flying with a hundred people, you know, or flying with fifty people, even with twenty people, you know. So. Um, you never, you never really see the scenery because your brain is locked on what you're filming, and it's also locked on. I don't uh, want to get killed. Yeah, on the one person that you <laughs> on saw go <laughs> shooting out of the top <laughs> of the, the formation, one person, like, you go like, "God well, damn it!" Don't want to be closer <laughs> than that guy because <laughs> he's trying to come back. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you just shot video of a of a oh camp, Nick. Yeah. And I think you and I talked privately at some point, and you said you were focused more on making sure you weren't getting hit by certain individuals than you were certain other things at certain times. I mean, that, that is <laughs> that is true at times. At times, you know, it's yeah. a, part of that conversation is a joke, you know, to kind of poke fun at newer skydivers because we all like to. But uh, part of it's super serious, espe like especially on the jump, and you see someone leave in a hurried manner Holy or go shit. whizzing past you. Yeah, it's super scary. Skydiving gets really, real, super fast. And then uh, the moment that happens, I don't want to be anywhere near, not anywhere near it, but the closer I am to it, the more anxiety I've got about like, okay, well, that person went this way. Where, where are they going to be coming from? Because sometimes you don't get to uh, see that person. Normally behind you. Yeah. <laughs> just, that's yeah, how it works. That's, yeah, that's the luck of it. But uh, yeah, you don't, you don't always get to see that person. And so I, I guess when I'm filming outside video of something, if I'm being responsible and doing the thing that I told them, you know, if I'm doing the plan, then I don't get closer than the furthest person away from the formation generally, unless I can see them, unless that, unless they're really clear in my, in my line of uh, sight from where I'm shooting, whatever it is I'm shooting, then I feel safer about getting closer because, oh, it's just that person's far away that way. So I can be close this way because I can see where they're coming from. But, uh, or like with a Jay's head down camp is what uh, we were just talking about. And I actually felt a lot safer shooting that video when I got to leave near the base and get off of the, the line of approach from the floaters and the divers because their, their formations were really long. So if I can be close to the base and pick my side and be in a spot where it's really likely that no one's going to be approaching from, I feel a lot safer there than I do coming out last and chasing it and, you know, not... <laughs> 
I just I don't like the feeling of passing up people who I know are going to be coming from behind After me now. After you, no. So yeah. now to to feel safe, I just want to stay behind that last person, and that last person may never get there, and then I really don't get any useful footage of this formation, which I feel bad about, but I would feel a lot worse getting hit from behind by someone. Oh, definitely. So. Or figuring it out when you get there. I've been the last diver on a big way in a sky van, or not sky van, but a casa. And it's the diving video, and you show up, and you're like, where is everything at? Because the big way's not going it's the way you very, planned it. it. And it's very far. Um, I want to get back to, 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 to camera mounts for a second, but Nick, you actually bring up a super valid statement. Plan the dive and dive the plan. Uh, something that we really talk about in skydiving in general is having a really good dive flow, a smart plan to keep each other safe, number one. And number two, I know this might sound fucking crazy, but a high learning curve, actually having a plan on a skydive and actually trying the plan every time. You might not be successful, but your learning curve will increase yeah. and your amount of success will You're nailing it quicker. Skyrocket, sure. man. Yeah. E- even if it goes to shit right out the door, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't try and get it back on track. But you're saying that's not just true for fucking the skydive. You're saying even in the video slot, plan the dive and dive the plan. That's what you're telling oh, I, me. I mean, I yeah. feel the best when I get to walk the jump with everybody on the jump. Because then I, you know, I see in a perfect world how where everyone's going to be. Not every skydive goes perfectly. You know, few of them do, in fact. But you can at least uh, have uh, uh, an idea of people's intentions and, and, yeah, if, and if be in the, the safest spot according to the plan. And every once in a while, just like, you know, just like every once in a while, I, I find myself in a spot where I didn't intend to be, either because it went super different than the plan or I just started having fun on the skydive instead of shooting the video because it... Just it was obvious that it the plan was wasn't gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, uh, if you were asking safety-minded, not currently skydiving me on the ground, I would say that's probably not the right thing to do. But when you're on the jump and you can see the spot and it feels like you're not really, even though you're kind of breaking the rule, you're still putting yourself in the best place you can find, and you're having a little bit of fun. Those moments certainly happen. I would yeah, call that freestyling. And Daniel, I, I know I've watched plenty of video of you jumping. And you freestyle a lot, but freestyling, when I say freestyling, there's not a plan. The plan is, go for it, break down a beat, break a beat. Freestyling is is you're finding the shot when you want the shot, where you want the shot, including carving on your back underneath it or above it or around it. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with freestyling, but until you can consistently plan a dive and consistently plan and dive the plan, until you can consistently shoot the video you're supposed to shoot, you shouldn't even be exploring those. So when you're seeing Daniel Angulo or Nick Lott fucking out there carving and shredding around, it's because they've mastered the basics well enough to allow them to explore the advanced ideas. Is that? Is yeah, it? I I 100% agree with you. Um, I do I do freestyle a lot uh, on, on most of my camera jumps, and uh, unless there is something, uh, you know, unless a record depends <laughs> on me, you know. Awesome. I, I planned this. <laughs> Dick is over there taking right the equipment apart. <laughs> no, I wanted to just hold it. I was tired of moving it around. I took it off on accident earlier, and just now I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to hang on to it. <laughs> so if you're just listening not watching, Nick's just taking his mic stand apart, and now he's hand-holding yeah, his... So this is not a problem. No, it looks... It doesn't look bad. He's freestyling. He's freestyling. Freestyle. Let me hear that beat. I can't do it. Can't put me on the spot, dude. And I fucking hate you, by the way. 
What? Why? That fucking hat, dude. I want that hat. That's the a white, good hat. The white pinstripes are really where it's at for me. It has nothing to do with the Count of Monty. It's amazing. <laughs> but you know this Monty is one of a kind. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, I all, that's all we need to say. Can we say that? On, can dude, can no. We say that come on. We don't, we, no, no, no okay, dude. Okay, we got Just, uh, <laughs> if you're a fan of Gravity Lab Radio, man, first of all, share this fucking feed, man. If you're on Facebook right now watching this, click share right now. Let your friends know you're watching this. Share this to your audience. I don't care if you only listen to this on Facebook, and, and a lot of my friends listen to it just on Facebook. I totally super appreciate it. You don't I have to listen it, to man. it as a podcast. I, I download it. And, um, download them all. Because most of the time I can't, I can't hear them entirely, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, I just can't get a part of it. And, and a lot of them are, a lot of them are fun. Um, most of them are, are really fun. Um, so sometimes I take my time and I'm, I'm driving alone and, you know, uh, I just yeah. play the one I already have that I haven't seen. Even it. if you only watch online, download it anyways. And the reason I say that is if you download it anyways, it's a really silly statement but it makes numbers go up. And I don't fucking care about numbers as much as those numbers will help us attract different guests and different advertisers, yeah, people definitely. to help this show grow. And, you know, you you sometimes we say smart things. I mean, sometimes. Bullshit. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> I mean, rarely we say smart things here that, you know, new jumpers might take as an advice. No, I, so. I really actually can't. I was having this conversation with someone in the office earlier today, a new jumper who brought the same thing up to me. He said, hey, I really enjoy the podcast. And I thought... Wow, I really can imagine why a new skydiver would listen to this, and th- th- there would be things that they would find it useful. But I can't imagine why anyone else would. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you would be amazed at the number of experienced people in this world who approach me, and I say experienced people, experienced or more experienced than us, who do who don't um, take every bit of the podcast, who don't digest it all, but who listen to this regularly, who can tell me parts of almost every single guest. It blows my mind. Sorry, world. Yeah, man. <laughs> Do you ask them if they change their wiping strategy? <laughs> Have you heard any of these episodes where we get to this question? Okay, so it's got to happen front or back. Where do you go? Uh, I want to be clear, first of all. I wipe. <laughs> yeah, I want the toilet paper I to be know, clear. I That's why that. I go I front or back like a normal person. <laughs> like a normal person. Why do you define normal. I actually pinch define my normal, butthole though. if you want to get super clear. Wait. You pinch it like with your fingers? <laughs> so I place my thumb <laughs> in front of the butthole. Oh my this God. is exactly why I came here. <laughs> I'm the tank, here and then I use the paper and I squeeze forward to my diving. thumb. This is the interesting. So I literally yeah. pinch the shit off your my thumb, asshole. Your thumb? <laughs> Hang on, should be quiet. I need to understand. Your thumb is on your taint, right? Your your perineum for the okay. So you got oh one hand, God. one thumb Gooch. on your taint, holding balls out of the way with the other hand, right? Dude, it's cup a the balls, right? Thing, dude. Cup it's a the balls. Thing. Okay. Don't forget to drop the jaw. And then you use your <laughs> index finger to scrape the shit off of your asshole through the toilet paper. That's what you're telling me. I also fold the paper to be half the width of a square because your butthole's only this big around because you get it. shit all over the place. Wait, is it, is yours? I, yours? I, don't, I don't fold it quite so narrow, mostly because I don't like getting shit on my hands. <laughs> but I'm familiar with the strategy. I, I had... So my freshman year of college, I got a private <laughs> room. Uh, there's four of us it's in a room. It's more graphic than it's usually gets. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. That's but right here. We had a this private bathroom in our dorm room. Here. 
and our toilet would not take toilet paper to save its life. So my freshman year of college, I learned how to use less than four squares of toilet paper to wipe my Holy asshole, or I had the flush between every other four squares. <laughs> and I'll tell you right now, motherfucker, it took you, you down can to that efficiently to know. wipe your asshole at four squares unless you got the runs. Oh, you're Japanese, right? <laughs> I think well, I'm there, turning Japanese. I think there's a book waiting to happen called Asshole Origami by DJ Marvin. <laughs> Dude, that's why I'm gonna fold in parachutes, bro. We do laundry and origami. I put that shit in the bag, bitch. God damn it! Oh my god! Can right, you so do me what? a speckled belly goose and origami? <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about before this conversation started? No, let's not go back to that. Um, pinch Fuck the butthole. Fuck it. Pinch Ass the butthole. assholes. Hashtag oh, pinch man. the butthole. Oh. We should introduce uh, the question if you wipe with you use toilet paper or if you, you use uh, wipe, wet wipes. So the uh, new question is bidet or no bidet? I've never used one. Have God, you used one? so great. Did I not tell you about my bidet? I want to hear your bidet story. Did I, I have? I, the not, butthole. Not where I live now, but where I live before I, before I had a bidet. So much better than camera. So much better than camera. <laughs> Fuck that camera flying thing. Are, are you familiar with the company Squatty Potty? Uh, yes. Oh, you know I love it. Potty, I it? love it. So I bought my Squatty Potty on, online a few years back. I don't know if it's still like this now because I think they're, they have different ownership. Oh but they God. there was a package online that you buy the the Squatty Potty and a bidet together. And you got like a $35 bidet that connects into the same water uh, stream that fills I up your toilet. I love this subject, man. It's, uh, dude, it's so I saw that. deep on it. But, uh, deep bidet. <laughs> Pinch the butthole. <laughs> See what I just did there? I'm, I'm about to start telling you about washing off my asshole and how great it was. Continue. Yeah, it's awesome. The only thing you got to be really careful with, there's a dial on the bidet. <laughs> Holy shit. That controls, Are they digital that can, No, no. Like a, it's like a twist a twist dial that has numbers oh, on it, it, right? Needle crispy. And it goes all Without the way the to 10. Yeah, it's Jesus. measuring the strength. But two <laughs> is more than enough. And I found that out the hard way because... When the first time you used it, coming out of your throat. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's uh. <laughs> oh my god! You imagine coming out your nose and ears while you're sitting on the toilet. Tears. No, I wish, I wish that had happened. Brought to you by but, the Raging Center. But my butthole was already puckered up, you know, and I was a little scared, oh so it was god. tight. Nothing was going in there. And, <laughs> Because it goes to 10, I'm thinking, well, I'll start at 5, because that's reasonable. And dude, oh my god, I didn't know that water could make your asshole bleed, but it felt like it could have. So I only turned it up, I only used, I only turned it up at 2 after that. Oh my god, I'll take your advice. <laughs> but no, fully get a bidet, dude. It's awesome. Absolutely. So get should one. I just start the outro music now? <laughs> like, drop the mic. We're fucking done. Oh. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. I feel like, oh my like God. fart jokes, shitting, buttholes. It's stuff that no matter how old you are, still funny. If if it's still funny. If that shit's not funny, go that, fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm crying. Oh my god, uh, so good. I hope someone's listening to this episode who's never heard another one. Like, yeah, it was cool, and then they just started talking about shitting and pinching buttholes. their buttholes for like 20 minutes. So I turned it off. But 
If, if we lose viewers to that, I don't fucking want those or people. Or somebody that joins the live video like right when yeah. you start talking about bidets. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you people? You, you brought this shit up, man. You asked me about a bidet. You uh, had to. This is part of the show. And uh, I'm telling you about the learning curve so that you don't have to make the same mistakes I did, okay? Not cool. But after I figured out the water pressure, it was heavenly. So start with a one is what you're telling me. Uh, yeah, I mean, the two was good, man. Two was good. But yeah. I mean, you sound <laughs> orgasmic with that, too. Yeah, it was awesome, dude. You know? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just me or just hot in here? It's a little warm. So, Daniel, how do you wipe? Uh, I would say... <laughs> I would say like like my audibles, you know, like every jump is different. So I guess <laughs> so you just do I, two I, at I, a time. I try different things too. Why not? You know, different like, altitudes, uh, different directions. Different altitudes, <laughs> different directions. Why not? You know, like you or, stand or, up or, on the seat sometimes. Is that uh, what you mean? <laughs> Dude, my grandmother. Wait, that's a good. That's another question. Not at home though, because some people wipe standing up. Some people stand up off the toilet. No toilet. shit. That's true. That's yeah. true. That's well, true. pun intended. I don't do that. I don't do that. <laughs> no, no shit. Like people, there are literally people who stand up to wipe their assholes. Yeah, they do their business on the toilet and they stand up and wipe their butt. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, that actually sounds pretty convenient if you're going to reach around instead of through, like a real person God, who would. Goes like through? a real person. It's what the fuck? Fucking I don't a, know. a sane <laughs> half insane. Asian man. I still, I still have more research to do about uh, being in a full squatted position while wiping. I haven't really sorted that out. Because that could make a difference. Dude, I'm I know telling I'm taking you, a shit. Wipe your ass with wipe you. your ass with two full leg casts, and you will learn to reach between your fucking nuts <laughs> and do it. I, I don't know if I explained it previously, but I had two full leg casts yeah, when I, I learned to wipe I, that way. I think you mentioned it, but definitely not the first time we had this conversation. <laughs> no, it still doesn't matter. It's funny. So, have you used a bidet? Yeah, I have. Is it worth it? I would say yes. Yeah. What? So you really like to make my shower temperature comfortable? I have to leave it running for a while. <laughs> you can't really regulate the temperature of a bidet because what's in the pipes is what's going to come out first. I'll guarantee you, wake up. <laughs> That's that. That <laughs> answers that question. So it depends on the setup of your bathroom and the bidet that you get. Mine was only connected to the cold water, so winter time it was a little more intense. No choice. But uh, some some of them will connect to the hot water line, like under the sink instead. But uh, I don't think I want straight hot water blasting on my butthole either. So apparently a five is where a bidet becomes an I love this podcast, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah. <coughs> Camera mount. <laughs> Camera <What>? mount. <laughs> if you were going to be washing your asshole with water, what camera mount would you use? <laughs> One of those really long unicorn ones that points way down. Or a strap. <laughs> or the mount that's front strap. to back. Would this, you mount it yeah, back this, to front yeah, or front to back? strap mount. <laughs> You know, you can you, the chesty Ooh. mount. You can turn it around and just wear it like a <laughs> harness, you know? like an ass cam. Wait, so yeah. do, hang on. <laughs> no, really, back to camera conversations. Though. Do you have a, a full face helmet with a camera I do not on? I own. It? I do not own a full face. No. Okay. So no. both of y- your both of your camera setups are with a tone fly helmet. Yes. So what uh, what mounts do you use on those helmets? Um. On. I, on the big helmet, I don't have a GoPro. I don't wear a GoPro. Oh yeah, but you're using the more uh, like I'm tripod style small, mounts, yes. right? I'm, I'm on the small head, small helmet. I'm using the tripod mount, yes, to to screw it to the mount. Yep. And then the big helmet. How are those? How are those connected? Um, I use clamps that are called really right stuff, that are very strong clamps for for heavy cameras. 
Uh, well, is this something that is uh, specific to the skydiving world? No, it's not okay, specific so. to skydiving. It's, it's, it's specific to, to photography, landscape, and, you know, uh, landscape photography, mostly. It's, it's to clamps and uh, um, mounts on the cameras um, to, to tighten them. They're super tight. You can, you can put it outside of the plane. If they're screwed, it, the camera will never come so off. Is there a certain reason that you use exactly those mounts? Um, yeah, uh, I use those mounts because they're, they're really strong, uh, and um, I normally use heavy cameras that I don't want to lose, and um, also that they're quick releases. It's is very easy to take to put on and, and take off. Is there a lot of chatter in the mount? Uh, no, none. Nothing. Stop right there for a second. The word chatter. <clears throat> um, I, I know what you mean, but explain the word chatter. Chatter would be like if there's just... I noticed this with a lot of GoPro mounts where it's the traditional mount that comes with the camera, a sticky mount where the clip slides into the, the plastic piece that has the the adhesive on it. Mm-hmm. That it does, it's not a perfect fit. You know, There's a tiny bit of wiggle room, mm-hmm. you, could, you could call it. And that the camera, the new ones with with the fancy stabilization, it's a lot less noticeable. But when you're dealing with like a Hero two or three or four, that that shake gets to be really noticeable, and it's really uh, it's hard on your eyeballs. So uh, there are ways to to fix it. Like I'll usually just put gaffer's tape in there, like a couple strips of gaffer's tape to a certain thickness where it just stops moving, and it actually helps the clip stay in that mount a little bit better than just pumps even it to look even better. the rubber thing that comes with the GoPro helps a lot with that. Uh, with it, with the child. yeah, because it kind of spreads the, 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 yeah, the, the teeth the, out a little yeah, bit, a little bit. But uh, I have zero, zero, zero uh, chatter on on the big helmet. I can't, I can't have it if I'm doing something. One other thing that people I don't think realize affect chatter is helmet fit. Helmet fit is a huge issue. A lot of people actually wear a helmet that's comfortable to them, and a helmet that's comfortable to you might be perfectly fit to shoot video. But a, co- a helmet that's comfortable to me versus a camera helmet that's comfortable to me are two very different things. Uh, yeah, mm. I will say if if you want to do this professionally, um, a, a big helmet and a big camera, you might not be as comfortable as you <laughs> are doing jumping with a GoPro. Uh, first, it's really heavy, and second, you almost have to screw your helmet to your head. You basically, it, you want it to fit like a glove. I, I used to shoot a lot of video. I, I've shot big wave videos, free fly videos. I was the outside videographer on a three-way free fly team, and then, of course, a fuckload of student videos. And my helmet was clamped on, and, and I used uh, I used a, remember the the, the, the bomb? Yeah. I have my da bomb in the closet. I'll have to show you when we're done. Oh, I have man. an original da bomb, dude. I haven't seen those in a while. Yeah, dude, I love that fucking helmet, man. Um, uh. But I, I would literally clamp my helmet on as snug as I could get it without it yeah. hurting. So if you're sometimes jump- after <clears throat> a few jumps, my neck hurts and my head hurts. Yeah, it's tight. that chatter might be because you're using a poor mount. That chatter might be because you're using a poor uh, loose uh, helmet. Uh, thank you, thank you very much. That's exactly it. Is that birthday cake, bro? Why you always gotta ask me questions when I'm trying to sneak food? Cause, dude, I love one bars, and you got me totally hooked. Do you know how excited I would be if these guys sponsored the podcast? Even if it was just a product <coughs> sponsorship? Oh, man. Dude, yes. I would I, do one bar. is they, they, We have nothing to do with one bar except for you and I are both huge fuckers. Have you tried these motherfuckers? Yes. 
dude, that's one gram of fucking sugar. Eat most, <clears throat> eat most energy bars. Eat most meal supplement sure bars. This? Mm-hmm. Eat most any oh, bars, and they have twenty plus grams of sugar. Most meal bars have the same sugar content as a fucking Snickers bar. One bars have one gram of sugar, and they are the best tasting fucking meal bars I've ever had. Is that birthday cake? Yep. Okay. You, cool. You want to bite? Ask him a question. <laughs> hey Daniel, how's that birthday cake one bar? Man, it's amazing. Everybody's just eating food right now. Sorry. So here's a picture of the ten flies. Is this a subtle uh, setup you have, Daniel? Yeah. That's the that's the helmet I have. Uh, so what helmet the, is that? The CC two. Nick, what do you fly? A CC one. What's the difference between the two? Uh, his the flat a, top. a big top flat yeah, or, yeah. yeah big flat top uh, uh, that's wide as the as the whole helmet and mine's not the same. How wide is your top? It's really only wide enough for one camera to for fit comfortably, camera, yeah. but uh, I have a, the same platform that lives on the top of that camera. I have that same platform on the top of mine now. I used to have a side mount and a top mount and the front back mount. in the day when we were jumping and yeah cameras. moving moving them both up top is just it's just more comfortable it's just with the weight centered over my head it's more comfortable <laughs> and uh, it's uh um it was uh for me it was a big change first uh, to move because we used to jump with uh side mounts you remember those uh, pc type cameras uh and i got used to it a lot um moving moving the cameras to the top it's yes, one is more comfortable, but um, at the same time, it it pulls more on your neck because it's heavy further away yeah. from from your neck. So, uh, if you're jumping a big helmet, it, of, or if you want to jump a big helmet, you you want to exercise your neck too. So, yeah. speaking on mounts, it kind of it brings a conversation. It used to be a huge deal: side mount versus top mount. Because top mount adds a fulcrum, a lever that's further away, so the impact of opening can be much more strenuous on the neck. A side mount gives you lateral movement on the neck or a torque or a tension on your neck, and that's yes. actually more damaging potentially depending on the severity of, of the impact. Um, the other thing a side mount actually uh, increases is riser strike. Yeah. Um, today's cameras, for example, the Sony. Uh, what's the Sony camera AX? Uh, is that the right line? Uh, the AX. Uh, the AX there are bigger three and AX fifty three. <coughs> no, 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 the small ones, the action cams. Oh, the little guys. You yeah, talking yeah, about the yeah, action yeah. cams? Exactly. They're tiny. You can mount it on top. It's, they're they're as big as as wide as a, maybe a little bit longer than a GoPro on the so sideways. You when know? you're talking about your HD key, or excuse me, your your action cam, so GoPro, Contour, Drift, Sony. There's a lot of uh, Garmin's actually come up with one. Yeah. Uh, there's some that are side mount options, like the Sony, and their top mount options. Uh, the weight is no longer an issue. No, at all. But the, the side mount is still a a side strike issue, riser strike yes, issue. Definitely yes. And imagine your head getting torqued or turned to when it's hit side, by a striker. Yeah. Oh my god! I, have Being you ever there, had it? Sucks. Yeah. I I I jumped a side mount for a very short time, and I was fucking weld on a hard opening, and that hard opening hit my camera on the side. And A, it stripped the carbon fiber behind the camera mount away. Yeah. And B, it broke the camera. Yep. And the torque it put on my neck, I couldn't move my fucking neck for almost a month. It, it, it tore me up. So I'm not a huge fan of side mounts myself. It happened to me a couple times. Um, the first one, the first time it happened to me, it broke the camera. Uh, there, I had a hard opening and, and it, it striked my camera on the left side and it broke the camera. 
uh, I think it was a PC5 or uh, 105 or something. Uh, one of those old, old vertical Sonys. Um, and then the second time that happened to me, I had a carbon fiber mount that protected the camera, <coughs> but at the same time made, made it bulkier, made it bigger. Uh, um, and it broke the carbon fiber, uh, took the camera away because it, it, it broke from the screw down, so I lost that camera. Uh, and it was pretty hard. It, I saw a little stars um, on that opening. Like the Venezuelan stars like on the Venezuelan your hat. Stars. <laughs> hey I had, to, I, had, I had to bring it up. Dude, I love the hat, by the way. <coughs> Thank you very much, man. I had to, I had to represent, man. Yeah. Venezuela here and the Astros here, man. We won this year. So, a win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our boy, our boy, the anti Ben. We're gonna Take call him. He's the anti Ben. That I'm, I'm just sticking with that name. The anti Ben. Why is even gotta repping. compare him to Ben? Why has it gotta go to that level? Because anything we can do to insult Ben Nelson. Why can't we call him? I the, hate the, that guy, man. This I just hate in. Man. Fuck him. This just in. Hey, this just in. Justin. I get it. Took me a second. I this had to just say in. it. I've never heard that before in my life. No, I'm sure sorry, you motherfucker. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and I just heard it for the first time, so it's new to me at least. Ah, you like them headphones, by the way. Much nicer. Much nicer. Yeah. Yeah. Th- those are my personal stash headphones. So th- th- those are the ones that come out. <laughs> I will say that I have about 4,500 jumps with a side mount camera, and have had very few problems with it. Even with my narrow little shoulders and my narrow little yoke, <laughs> and that, I legit, that that is an issue for you. I do know that. No, it, it never really was like like the the side mount. I I honestly never had problems with it. Never had problems with my neck. Uh, I just I think I moved it on top because I got a new camera, and just the was, type, was in the, the CX type had to. Um, no, this oh, was, you were, no, I you still were, had a side mount CX for a yeah. long time, but yeah. I just had I had a camera. The camera that I gave you started acting up. And I was buying a new one, and Thank just you. with a new camera, I wanted to switch some stuff around. I put it up top, and I uh, I like the uh, the weight up top. It just felt <coughs> not that my neck ever hurt, not that I ever had problems. It just felt more comfortable. When I but I, I do agree, it's sticking out an extra four inches that just doesn't need to be there. So it makes sense that it, it would be safer to have it out of the way. I did I did ever have one hard riser strike when I had maybe like six or seven hundred jumps. And it was a hard opening. It was a couple of things that happened at once. It was a hard opening. I had a riser slap that hit this side. and I Left it, side? It hit the left side where the camera was, but on the right side, <laughs> I think that the risers were just really narrow because it came out in line twist. The right side, the riser on the right side hit the buckle that releases my no helmet. No shit. So it oh, wow. peeled the chin cup off, slapped the camera on the other side, and my helmet came off. And I Fuck. caught it right here. You caught it? <laughs> because my, my bite switch was still in my mouth. So it didn't go Your all the way away. It just went yank to the bite switch, and I grabbed it. <laughs> and I, I still have boss. this video. I still have Fucking this video boss. somewhere. I turned That's ninja the, right there. It hit so hard that it knocked the camera out of focus, and I turned it around <laughs> facing at me. So the only time I've ever taken my helmet off under camera. <laughs> Not even and a I fucking went, purpose. My helmet came off! <laughs> Please tell me you still have that footage. I'm sure it's somewhere. I'm sure it's online someplace. Oh, my God. Dude, I want to see this footage. <laughs> I, I bet you. I bet you it's on MySpace. That's how long ago this was. Jesus. <laughs> what? Do you I'm still what? have MySpace? I do have a MySpace still. 
I haven't been there in like 20 I, years. I, I check it every. all your favorite bands from the 90s? I check it every regular, sure. every so often to see if it's still active. Man, I'm, I'm gonna pretty check. sure it's still it's active. Been a, it's been a very long time for me. <clears throat> I want to oh. put you on my top eight on MySpace so you can see that. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> MySpace and pinching buttholes. That's what we learned tonight on Grandy yeah. Lab Radio. That, that's what Man, Daniel Angulo um, has brought out of us. <laughs> so, uh, talking about talking about Cybones before uh, we before we we move on, um, and and we talked earlier about changing your EPs, but when I was jumping a side mount, I changed my regular opening procedure for that reason. I, w- I would turn my face to the left and wait for my ri- risers to come forward, and then I would turn back on front, you know, uh, to look at my canopy. So I always just look left and. Open. Do you watch your openings? Risers. I do. I do. I don't know. I have. <laughs> do that. you? I, I do. I d- Every single opening. I I, d- I have that habit, and a lot of people ask me, "Why do you watch the openings? And you want to keep your helmet in line, and you want to keep, you know, all the weight coming, you know." But when you when you open your parachute, you're not necessarily going vertical, you know, um, mo- all all the time. So I I I always have to. I. Do you watch your openings, Justin? No. No, not since I switched to the storm. It's it's you just don't more reactive anymore, huh? to me trying to fix something than I had a pulse before, and uh, jumped saber two a lot also. And me trying to look at the canopy or fix something on opening just makes shit worse. So I I look down and relax mostly, or look at the horizon. I I look up all the time and I see where the canopy wants to go and I kind of go with it yeah, or, I feel or like just I'm hold it. so much better at steering through oh my, my openings. Oh, my God, man. Yeah, I, me too. I, when I grab my risers, I grab all four risers. I don't, I don't grab the rears. I grab everything. Until span. And yeah, until they spread out, until the slider comes down, obviously. But for me, it's an easier thing to grab than trying to get my hands just on my risers. And then I feel like I'm a lot... Uh, I'm giving less input to either... You know, side that's going to really Definitely spin me sure. out of control, yep. and now it's it's it feels way more like being under a swing that I have a lot more control of just spreading and leaning to ke- to not necessarily keep it's it on heading, yep. but to keep my weight under the center and to keep it from from spinning from out. spinning it from so from spinning on you. Two opening issues I see regularly, and, and I can if you coach a lot is number one people who don't fly their openings, and number two people who overfly their openings. So by looking up, I feel like I can see and feel what's going on because sometimes the feel might be a lie to the truth. Yep. So I want to see what's going on <clears throat> so I can see and feel what's going on so I get I have as much data as possible. And number so so number one, I can now fly my opening, but number two, overfly my opening. I want to fly with it but not fly against it. Yeah. Not make it work against you. Uh I do fly my o- my openings um and I go my hands go to my rear risers. The only thing is I have my hands there, uh, but I'm not putting any input unless I have to. You know, and I feel like the canopy wants to turn right and just I, instead of making it turn left, I just stop it from turning. You know, I try to make it fly steady. But if I know if I, I put a lot more input than I should, it's going to spin on me. I would recommend what Nick said is when it first opens up, grab both front and rear risers and and. So first of all, front and rear risers until the canopy spans or yeah. spreads all the way open, they're naturally together. Yes. So naturally grabbing yes. them is going to be instinctive. For line twists to happen, lines have to come together. If my lines start going together, I have my yeah. risers front and rear, and I can prevent line twists from happening. Yes. So I, I believe being proactive as a pilot and grabbing yes. all four is, is super helpful for you. <clears throat> but also, excuse me, 
uh, if I have just my rears, I'm only steering a quarter of my canopy. If Definitely, I have my yes. front and rears, I'm rolling left and rolling right. And so actually your your ability to respond and actually turn the whole canopy instead of just a rear quarter or front quarter of the canopy. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just I just got used to it, uh, and it works I, really I well for me. I believe that someone with experience can be you know, a lot more delicate with the inputs they're putting For on sure. those rear risers. Amen. But usually when, when I see someone that gets spun up that's been steering with their rears, it's because they're getting, you know, like there's a lot of a lot. force in one direction yeah. and they're countering way too hard and that force is You don't want to make a up. turn. You just want to make a stop turning. Yeah, yeah but you I know. think for like a frantic yeah. person especially, yeah, uh, th- or a newer jumper, I think the most people just give way too much input. Most people yeah. who are countering a turn are giving input on the side that's not flying fast enough. And by countering not, that turn, it's not inflated yet. you inflate it quicker and you actually increase the rotation the rate. Rotation, yeah, for sure. So you actually make it worse. So if you're actually opening and a canopy, you said these words, if the canopy's flying, I'm going to fly with it. So yes. if I open and my canopy's turning to the left, I'm going to go I'm with gonna it. Give if I go left against input. it, I'm making myself a line twist. Exactly, man. I teach at an advanced canopy coaching, man, and it's so neat. Nick, you like touching that shit with your feet. Yeah, I like. Pl- I'm just, I'm just listening to you. I'm just being <laughs> a little obsessive over here. <laughs> Nick, Nick loves playing with the mic stand with his Honestly, feet. Honestly, I just, I was wondering if it bent backwards, like <laughs> hyperextend. Yeah, it looks like a knee that should only bend one way. It's like, does it go that way? Actually, oh. it does. Does it hurt? Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> The fun part about the lag between... Why, why are you bringing me up so much? Let me just be over here and be fucking weird, okay? Because you're in my face tonight where normally you're to my left. Yeah, I'm usually doing weird shit back there where it's fine. The fun yeah. part about the lag here is if I miss it, I can just watch it on the live stream and be like, oh, that's what he was doing. Man, it's, it's so the real reason I actually brought you into the guest fold tonight, Nick, was not to uh, talk about cameras, but to force you to be involved. No, he's a badass camera oh, flyer, man. I admire you a lot, Nick. Well, thank you. Uh, I am, you're a badass camera flyer. I am a skydiver who owns cameras. And I think that the no, only reason that not. I've learned... You're not a skydiver that you own I, cameras. I want to say that I know a little bit about cameras. Mostly thanks to people who know more about cameras who are also skydivers, who are so uh, open in sharing that information. But uh, I definitely started skydiving before before I knew anything about cameras. I guess when we were little kids, we would skateboard, and we had like a little yeah, you know, yeah. a little camcorder, you know, that we just had around. That never, you never give a shit anything. about breaking. But uh, you know, I started skydiving. I thought it was super badass, and I wanted everyone else to see how super badass skydiving was. So uh, I wanted a camera. I think the fairest thing to say is tonight's uh, the real guest is Daniel Angulo, but actually bringing you in. I brought in two different people. Number one, a videographer who's a technician, and I think you would accept yes. those terms, Nick. Sure. And be a videographer who's an artist, and I hope you'd accept those terms, Thank you. Daniel. Yes. And, and, and that's really the two different sides we're getting tonight is those. We'll get to back to camera mounts, and we're probably going to roll a little bit over time tonight because the last thing I want to talk about is Daniel Angula, the artist. And you know what? Fuck camera mounts. Daniel Angula, the artist, Fuck is somebody I love, Check man. this picture We'll, we'll, right we'll get back to I mean, that. But what picture do you have? Talk about an beautiful? artist. Uh, that was a lucky shot, dude. Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. Most of my shots are I happen to be in the right place at the right time. I don't believe so. I, I, you and I were talking about before the show. I took photography in college. In college, you have to take an art class, and I can't draw a straight line with a fucking ruler, man. I suck at fucking art. So photography, I can fulfill my art requirements for my for my degree. So I'm gonna take photography and. The thing that I found, and you and I talked about, is when I tried to frame, compose, and put a shot together, I did a good job. 
when I just took pictures, when I just went by instinct, I took, I did the best pictures. And you said that shot was lucky, and I'm going to say bullshit. When you're an artist, you know how to be in the right place at the right time. Some instinct, some motivation, some drive put you there. Yeah, sometimes um, I feel like you get the ability to predict uh, what's going to happen. Um, and that uh, that shot was... That shot was in Chicago. Uh, and... Um, for that event, that was like a dream. That it was a dream for me. Uh, that particular event, we were trying to break a, um, the a world record, the sequential record with Melissa, which I admired a lot. Uh, admire a lot on uh, Melissa Nelson, uh, Norman Kent. I was working with Norman Kent, and probably one of my best pictures that of me uh, is me sitting with Melissa discussing a jump with Norman Kent standing behind me. I was like, holy shit, that's my, you know. Like the Holy Grail, you know. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. I love that moment. I love that event. It was this year for Melissa's birthday. Um, so, anyways, um, it was cold in Winterfest <laughs> in Chicago in July. Uh, we we it was we, we had a weather hold weather hold uh, for a long time, and then we we had an opening uh, a window to jump at the end of that day. Um, I knew where the sun was. I I've jumped in Sh- in Scott of Chicago before, uh, and I I knew what I was gonna do. I knew I didn't have to be under the formation until the formation got together, and I normally jump. I uh, was jumping on from with Norman Kent on the trail plane. Uh, Raymond Adams was on the lead plane on the Skyvan, uh, and I knew well, I knew what was gonna happen. I knew what was gonna happen. I knew where the sun was gonna be, and I knew that I'm going to be behind. You know, I so I just put myself uh, under the formation. And when I transitioned to my feet to fly under the formation, I just waited. I just waited for the formation to come under me. So a second ago, you said that was luck, but now you're telling me you saw it coming. I uh, yeah. I mean, the you're shot, an artist, man. The, the shot by itself. Uh, if you see the photo. Uh, I love that photo, and and uh, I I would say it was luck because we had we had such a small window to make that jump. Uh, but I knew I like I said I knew what was gonna happen, uh, so I just had to wait for it. You know. So Justin, uh, go to DanielAngulo.com on that browser, man, and pull up some photos under the the tag beauty. And when you go to beauty, ignore the beautiful women because there are some very beautiful friends of ours on there. Uh, uh, yes, Alicia I have Bloodworth more. I have oh more God. that I haven't published. Yeah, uh, that will I will publish soon. So uh, you, as a side project, man, you actually, as I say, a side project. It started as a side project, and it now started. it's turned into your business. It is my business. I opened my company, uh, and it's working well. I've been very busy. That's what actually has keeping me from skydiving. A What's lot your more. business? Uh, I'm a photographer and a videographer. That's what I do for a living. Uh, I, I, I have, I have cool clients. Actually, I've worked with Nick outside of uh, skydiving. Which is really good for conferences and video and stuff. Uh, some photography that I've done. So I'm going to read real quickly just a, a list of what's going on in your life. If I go to danielangulo.com, I'm going to see links about corporate, architecture, and interior, yes. design, portrait, beauty, places, nature, objects, 
sports and food, uh, video. I can't read them all from here. I'm, I'm trying yeah. to read from far away. Yeah, you read them all. Actually. Oh, sweet, dude. <laughs> I, I actually have an eye exam tomorrow for new glasses. These aren't <laughs> working as well as they used to. Um, you, you, you do video. You do pictures for anything. Yes, uh, like I said earlier in the show, I, um, I try to keep myself from doing only one thing. I don't want to specialize in weddings, for example. And, and whoever knows me knows my my thoughts about photographing weddings. What's your thoughts on photographing it's weddings? It's his favorite thing ever, obviously. <laughs> I will never do it unless you're my friend. Is photographing the only wed- way weddings? I do a wedding for you is that you are my friend. Is that like your gender reveal, Nick? You just hate them now? Oh, I've never filmed a wedding. Uh, and I imagine... That Dealing with the the bridezilla, it's a fucking pain. It, it just seems like it's a you know it's a really important day for people, and it seems like it would be uh, easy to expect someone to have impossible demands for that very important day. And um, I, yeah, you I know what? You, deal with you, that you can't you can't even like I did weddings, and you can't even blame them. You know, it's is their dream since they were yeah. kids. You know, like how, who are you to shatter that dream? You know what I mean? Um, they want the the perfect wedding. They were born with that gene where, you know, I, I want a perfect wedding since, sure. since I'm little. So Man, you, you bring up that you'll only shoot video for your friends and, or you'll, you'll do wedding photos for your friends. Yes. And the one thing I'll tell you, if you're listening to this and you're about to get married or you're about to have a special event and you want your friend to shoot the video or your friend to shoot the pictures, don't fucking do it and i say that because a a very dear friend of mine a guy named robert williams hoop williams hoop hoop d if you know him, the drops hoop Hoop and his bride most particularly his bride asked me to shoot the video for their wedding and edit the video for their wedding and 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 sean uh, sean i'm I'm sorry if you find out the truth right now and i lied to you i told her my skills and capability weren't capable i don't have the equipment i don't have the software i own like fucking eight cameras i own eight hd cameras i own software i can do this the reason i said no to shauna was i wanted to be a participant in their wedding yeah you said it earlier, when you're shooting video or stills of a skydive, you're not paying attention to skydive, you're framing, you're doing production value. Yeah, and, and, and you're part of the jump and you're not at the same time. So you go to I mean? weddings. If you want to hire your friend to shoot your wedding video or your wedding pictures, don't hire a friend. Because I shot my sister's wedding video and I didn't get to enjoy my sister's wedding. Of course not. I didn't. But I don't know. I mean... Uh, um, I shot Clint's and Erica's and John Barry's and Felicia and Rob's weddings, uh, you know. But I bet I, you, you would have enjoyed it more if you were just a guest. I, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. Dude, I, I, I love photography. I love what I do. Yeah. So I, I, I love I shooting a lot of fun. I'm, I love I'm shooting Tony's wedding as well. I loved editing generally. my sister's video. It was a lot of reliving. I shot a multi-cam production. I had a couple of different people shooting video. I had radios. Actually, we used our cell phones because... Uh, when my sister got married, we didn't have radios. And I actually told somebody, hey, we're going to this camera. Uh, you move for now. And, of course, we weren't actually editing on the fly. But you were shooting for the future. You know yeah. what you're going to get, what, what footage are you going to Storyboarding on the fly, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, totally. That's, I, I would believe you storyboard in advance. Nick is a storyboard on the fly kind of guy, is my guest. Depends on, uh, on what it is. But I usually have an idea. Mm-hmm. But uh, like a really written out storyboard shot list, 
that sort of composition, I no, I, I usually don't do. What's that photo you have right? Oh my god, you son of a bitch! So let's that's the man right there. That's the man. MVP. MVP. You took this photo. I took that photo. Yeah. So right now, if you if you're only oh, listening to the podcast. Altuve? Yeah, oh yeah, we're, we're the same size. I love him. Right, <laughs> Altuve, uh, the Astros shortstop. No, he's second base. Second base. Second I knew I was close. I, I, I he was used to be right shortstop. Oh, he was. He was. He, he oh, played God. a lot more third base than shortstop. But yeah, I lost Korea. I lost first base. I lost baseball about three years ago. I, I just lost contact of baseball. But I'll uh, never do that. There's a photo on Facebook Live right now, or, or just uh, closed out. Just of jealous Altuve. of how close you got. <laughs> I interviewed him. I met him. Oh, uh, I interviewed man. him. So in, jealous. In the dugout. So, uh, outside of skydiving, what has been your absolute favorite photos to shoot? Fuck, man, that's that's complicated subject. Well, that's then answer it. Uh, <laughs> answer it complicated. Um, I, dude, a lot. Uh, I, I loved I loved working with ballerinas. Uh, I loved. Um, recently, I went to Arizona and Utah, and that was amazing. Dude, I love the uh, shot of the ballerina on the Venezuela bollard. Bollard is a dude. That was that was also a lucky shot because that was a Sunday morning, very early, <coughs> uh, and I was gonna shoot with that ballerina uh, that I randomly met. I met her her father, and I met her, and and she told me she was on the Houston Ballet, and uh, I told her I wanted to shoot photos with her, and uh, and a Sunday morning, very early in the morning, uh, we went walking downtown. I knew Sunday morning. Uh, it w- downtown was going to be empty. Nobody sure. works. Nobody gets early on Sunday. So we started walking and we went to the convention center and I, I was shooting. I have other photos in the in front of the convention center uh, in the new fountain they I found put it. on. Uh, awesome. I, That's that, on my that young lady is yeah. so gorgeous. She is She's amazing. Beautiful She's woman. amazing. She's a very amazing ballerina yeah. as well. I'm in love with her, by and, the way. Uh, and during that time, man, I've, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. When, the, when I saw that shot, before it happened, um, I had I had tears in my eyes because uh, that very moment in in my home country in Venezuela, there were uh, people dying in the streets and a lot of violence and a lot of you know protests, protests and uh, stuff like that. So I asked her. Um, I, s- I, I I I wasn't looking for it. I didn't know that was there. And she was standing there, and I started reading names of countries, and I found Venezuela, and I asked her like, "Can you stand?" Next to the Venezuelan Ballard. Ballard. Think, thanks for the new word. Ballard. B O L L A R D. Okay. My wife works in city government and engineering. Is that in front Wonderful. of George R. Brown? Uh, yes. In in front of the convention center, uh, near the 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 hotel, the not the yeah Marriott. The Marriott. No, the Hilton. The Hilton, other, the opposite, okay. the opposite side. Uh, and I asked her if she could stand there for a few photos, and she did amazing. Like, I mean. I have a few more shots of that, uh, and I and I told her that, well, I'm from Venezuela and my country is hurting right now, so maybe a little art or a little love to my country will, you know, will do better. Man, I want to. I love that. That's why it's that it's still my homepage. I love that photo. It's still on my homepage. I want to throw a little Venezuela love, and I don't fucking care if you listen to the pod. I do care if you listen to the podcast, but I, I don't care about downloads, metrics, math, numbers. Uh, look for Raul Quinones yeah, on have the podcast. To, yeah, you have, to, you have to watch that podcast. We focused exclusively on Venezuela for that, or almost exclusively it on was, Venezuela for It was it. very violent, those, those and days, too. You need, if, if folks, if you don't know what's going on in Venezuela, if you don't understand, Venezuela 
is leading fucking insane, uh, not insane, asylum request in the U.S. Uh, of all the countries in the world, sure. Venezuela, in a country who is 31 million in population, is the number one request for asylum over China, yeah. a country that is... Nine billion people. Yeah, nine billion like versus 31 million. Yeah. That That's how fucked the situation in Venezuela yeah. is right now. And we had, we had everything. And actually, the country has everything. It's just a bad government for too long. One of the things we talked about with Raul is one of the most biodiverse, I think seventh most biodiverse country in the nation, which means it has the seventh most amount of, uh, of creatures and, and plants and animals and, and stuff like that. Um, it, it is such a beautiful country. It is economically rich with, with mineral deposits, oil in particular. Everything you want. Anything uh, you want. The, the scenery, Angel Falls, the world's tallest waterfall Amazing. exists in Venezuela. And right now we can't take advantage of it because fucking some asshole named Maduro is leading the country so it it, it, it goes f it goes further than that it goes before that before maduro maduro was like let's say maduro is the tip of the iceberg that is just what it came to be it know? started uh, with chavez it to started a point, with chavez and really chavez was affected by um what's that cuban fucking asshole's name castro fidel fidel castro Fuck that guy so I I if you Fuck really chavez whoever whoever is listening to this shit fuck chavez fuck maduro if if most most Americans have heard of Cuba. Most Americans have heard of Fidel Castro. Most Americans believe he's an evil man. And he it, was. He died. He, yeah. Asshole. And if if you understand that and you believe that, the thing that you don't understand is Daniel's passion, and I agree with you, asshole, is a passion for a reason because we have friends who have hurt. We have friends who have bled. Yeah. And some of our American friends, and I'll actually call one of them out right now, and I hope I'm not throwing him a bus, but Fernando has bled for your yeah. country. Fernando yeah. uh, uh, Fernando got shot. Wonderful got man in the world. Got fucking shot. And you've, and you've lost family members, I'm lost, sure, to the government. Yes. We so, all have, dude. We all fucking have. So, so look up, and, and if you can actually go to gravitylabradio.com, uh, 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 Justin, and see what episode number that is, just so we can let people know. Find yeah. out what's going Watch on in that, Venezuela. That episode was awesome. Uh, I have to thank Raul for, for coming and, and, and talking about that when the country was suffering the most. Um, go to the very bottom, and you'll be able to click previous. It, it's going to go back to the, the single digits, probably, maybe dozen. Um, get a hold, listen to what Raul's got to say, listen to what Daniel's got to say, and then contact, find emails for your local congressmen, for your local representatives, and let them know what we feel and what we think about Venezuela, because it, it is a beautiful country that we can't take advantage I wish, of enjoying. I wish I could take you all there to fucking jump and have fun. You will love it. You have wouldn't want to come back. Have you jumped on Tortuga Island? Fuck yeah. What's it like? Episode I, number I, 10, I, by the way. Episode I, 10 with Roll? I, yeah. I can't explain you. You have to go fucking do it. It looks super beautiful. Dude, like the, it, the video I've seen looks nothing. almost unreal. The video doesn't make justice to the place. It does not. You just have to go and do it. It's amazing. Even if you do one jump, just get in there. Like how, fucking how long does it take to, to do a jump there in Tortuga Island? Um, it, it, used to take, it used to take a lot more, but... It, uh, it, Right now, I think you can rent the plane from the drop zone there, and it's a 25-20-minute flight. Oh, that's not flight. bad. It's not bad at all. So how do you get back to the drop zone? Um, you will take a plane and stay there. The plane will stay with you there. Uh, do the jumps you want to do. And uh, no, but let's, I Fernando land used to own that plane. Really? By the way, yeah. That well, drop zone as well. What if, so I land on Tortuga Island. 
Yep. There's not. Is there? No, there's no, not the a pa- runway, not the, right? Yeah. There's a. There's a. Oh, there is a runway yeah. on the plane. Okay, it's not paved, but it's a runway. Okay, that's why I didn't you can see land it, your plane there. Yeah. A small plane. Can we go? Yeah. I wish I could take you right now, when, but when I'm, I'm gonna wait. When can when we go someday? Yes. Okay. Deal. Uh, definitely. Fuck yeah, I will. We'll do a Gravity Lab mini buggy. Nick, Fuck, dude, myself. Would you, would you imagine that thing? Justin and Ben oh and whoever God. the fuck wants to join us. Um, so check check out the scene in Venezuela, man. It, it, it's We could spend another two hours on what's going on there. And it, it, it is absolutely heartbreaking that a beautiful people, and, and that's the most important part, the people are suffering, the people are being suppressed, but also a beautiful country is also being yeah, suppressed. you know... Um, um, my country, uh, this is my country now. I live here, you know. Um, and America. This, this is this is what I feel about this country. It gave me an opportunity to do a lot of things that I couldn't have done at home, you know, and appreciate that, and I will forever be grateful. Um, but I was born there, and I will never forget that either. Uh, and I love my country. I love where I come from. Um, I w- like I said, I wish I could take you all there to to see my country but um you know we are we are like america like the u.s we are a land of immigrants a lot of people that live in the country right now are are, you know uh from other countries or second generations or third generations from uh, a lot of people that came from europe during the war second war second world war um so it's a very diverse country and one thing we have in common is that we we work we work a lot we're hard workers we're all prepared we all went to school and college and you know uh and we will do whatever it takes you know to come forward so uh i've i've known of a lot of venezuelans that are succeeding everywhere in the planet and that's that's a project that i have in mind that i will probably do Man, as far as Venezuelans and hard working go, man, Spaceland, Houston has, has had a steep tradition of, of Venezuelans come through through there. And thanks I, to Danny and Mariuska. Danny and Mariuska, thirteen years ago, fourteen years ago, or something. Open yeah. the door, yeah. And we've yeah, we've seen guys like Vladimir. Vladimir we've seen guys yeah. like Ivan. Dude, I love Ivan to death. He works at iFly. Uh, we've seen uh, multiple Daniels now. Multiple yeah. Dan- Danny V, Daniel V, v uh, Daniel V. What's his last name? Vinyas. Thank you, yeah. uh, Daniel Angulo. We uh, Pedro Carlos. Yeah. You, we have a thing for skydiving though. Like a lot of badasses are skydivers. Yeah, I'm not not me, but look at Fly for Life and mm-hmm. and Nick. If you um, really look at the drop zone, a lot of people that I admire. Your most dedicated staff at the drop zone. Your most reliable staff on the drop Chulito. zone. Your most consistent drop staff at the drop zone are who? Not the Venezuelans. No, not the, the Venezuelans. Not Venezuelans. Venezuelans. Shit. No, my favorite. <laughs> honestly, my favorite people. At the drop zone, they're all Venezuelans. Dude, Pedro the and other day was working his normal job or his side job and got a call that we needed backup for AFF jumps or STP jumps. And what did he do? He dropped his fucking normal job or his side job to make sure shit was taken care of on the DZ. You were saying, I'm sorry? No, no just but between you know Fernando, Pedro, Carlos, Daniel, it's like I can't think of a more reliably positive and hardworking group of people. Thank you. I'm 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 glad you say something like that. I appreciate that. Yeah, Venezuelans have a huge fucking uh, uh, 
I'm going to be prejudiced and racist and say Venezuelans are people who are happy, go lucky, loving people, despite we are, conflict. We are. We are. Um, we we, dude. Without all this bullshit that's happening in Venezuela, we're we're friendly. We're we're fun. We're we make a lot of jokes. Like <laughs> we joke with each other a lot. So we're just laughing all the time. That's what we want to do. No, that's our nature. Marico, so. marico. Mama huevo. If you think you're <laughs> suffering in America, if, you, if you're oh, suffering... Nuclear. <laughs> if you're suffering from white privilege, actually Google ABC Venezuela documentary. Google BBC Venezuela Shit, documentary. Man. And there are some excellent documentaries out there between the BBC, Al Jazeera Network, which I know sounds terrorist, but they have some very unbiased versions of what's going on in, in yeah. Venezuela. And ABC, I, I can't believe an American major network actually gave a very clean representation of what's going on in Venezuela. And that's very hard to get these days because the government controls all the media, so it's very hard to get information out. The only information you get yeah. is from your family that text messages you. To be fair, the that. government doesn't control the media. Corporate controls the government, and corporate controls the media. Not in Venezuela, though. Yo, no, not in Venezuela. But here, corporate controls it all man, fucking dude, all, yeah. man. Goddamn conspiracy theorist. What, me? The earth is flat, motherfucker. <laughs> the earth is flat. flat. Flat earth. Are you a flat earth believer? Dude, totally. The earth's flat. Fuck the earth is flat. Let's go to the end. Why yeah, not, right? Well, I don't want to go there because that's where the ice wall is. But if you hit the end of the earth, it actually naturally takes you in a curve. You, you can walk straight <laughs> and then natural curve walks. walks. What's on the back? Winter's coming. <laughs> What's on the back side? Winter, Nothing. not in fucking Houston. It's a giant <laughs> waterfall on the edge. It snowed, dude. I know. <laughs> oh, two weeks ago, now we're in shorts and t-shirt, 85 okay. degrees. I yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's insane. Okay, but it, so it's a waterfall on the edge. Then you got the ice wall. Let's say you walk around the ice wall. What the fuck is back there? Oompa Loompas. Space. No, dude. Space. I don't know. Space. The, the gravity is not a real force. It's to, just crazy. It's crazy to, to me. the center. Yeah, it should pull Earth. all the water it, off the bottom, No, no, right? no, no, because of the wall. So, oh, so yeah, the thing is, gravity is because the Earth is flying upwards. <laughs> <laughs> so you're oh my God! So first of all, it's <laughs> a really good thing. Aren't you an engineer? Come the on. Earth is man. The Earth you, is. That's the first thing you learn in thermodynamics. I know, right? I mean, <laughs> fuck. You didn't know that. The Earth is Shit, a bowl. Nick. That's how the water stays in. That is the first reality. I mean, that. But fuck. If it was a sphere or flat, it wouldn't work. It's a bowl, motherfucker. <laughs> And number two, last week, Daniel, I don't know if you heard, but what do flat earthers fear the most? Sphere itself. Yes, I cannot get older. Right no matter how I, many times you say it, it's still uh, not funny. <laughs> fuck you. I actually, You're fired. I really dude, liked it the first time. I, uh, um, I, still I read the it. other day that some guy, some random dude, was going to prove that Earth was flat. So he was... He was his rocket, his rocket, yeah. and he's gonna fly to eighteen hundred feet I to saw find that. out that the Earth is flat. I'm like, dude, we skydive from fourteen thousand feet. I, think, I can show you. I like, think that's gotta be. Asshole. I think that's gotta be. So I really believe that the whole flat Earth thing came up as a joke. Someone who knew that the Earth is it, is not flat and just made a video about it to put uh, put on YouTube to convince idiots. As a joke. And they fucking did. And idiots ran with that shit. I feel like it's one big South Park episode of people trolling <laughs> everyone. No, but the people who aren't smart enough to question the things that they see on the internet, there are absolutely people that believe Dude, that shit. I like but I, I think that that story about the guy building seriously. the rocket is probably just as fake. I, I Well, I don't know. Do you think I it's fake know. or it's real and he I, was faking I, it? I fucking oh, hope God, I'm not fake. sure. But, I mean, how fucking dumb... Someone who's smart enough to build a rocket 
is smart enough to know that 1,800 feet is not nearly high enough to, like, that he's got to be, mm. oh, yeah, a, a commercial airplanes fly at 35,000 feet. Maybe he hasn't Maybe done the research. Maybe a guy that's going to build a rocket knows this. Well, you don't, you don't have to be a fucking rocket scientist, like, a scientist to build a rocket. You just know that something pushes forward yeah, but and you've you can been fly, on, right? You've I mean, either been on an airplane or you've been on the internet. Both of those troll, things are going to tell you. Troll, you both. Well, I don't know, man. But the windows and the, the camera street. lenses are curved, so it makes that's it look why, like, like it's it, spherical. Yeah, right, right, right. That's right. Wait, wait, but... The moon is Call round someone in China because ask we can time see it, it right? <laughs> the Earth we can't see. That's why it's not round. The, er, the time flat. is different in China because Father. the Earth is flat and it's a round disk, and the tra- the moon, tra- the sun travels around the disk. So we do have different time zones in a flat Earth theory. Oh, Jesus, that is true. When this all became <laughs> a thing, so I, I answer a lot of the uh, questions for the Sky of Spaceland Facebook, <clears throat> and when this really started to be a thing, a handful of times. I had people asking about like, hey, can you see the curve of the Earth from from where you jump? Like, is it is it curved? Can you guys see it? That's like you're fucking insane. How many YouTube videos did you watch about this shit before you thought before you come and ask you someone? Gotta ask me, <laughs> so dude. The one day, one day I was at the drop scene, and uh, you, I mean, you will believe we're in you know 2017, and the information goes everywhere, and everybody, every fucking body has a smartphone, right? So. And, and you can Google shit. But I remember maybe a couple years ago, someone was at the drop zone. It was uh, a spectator, you know, coming with a, with a tandem group and stuff. And uh, he said something. And I quote, I was walking, <laughs> wait, I was walking from the landing area to drop my parachute uh, to get packed. And uh, I, I crossed him and he was saying, I quote, I can't believe these people go up and jump so close to the sun, it must be burning. <laughs> it must be hot no, as hell. No I'm like, fucking holy way. fucking shit, are you trolling me? Like, I'm, are you serious? Say? Are you serious? Are you seriously saying shit like that? I'm like, I stopped. F- I, I, I swear to God, I stopped about 30 seconds to just listen to what he was saying. He was genuinely, he was genuine. I'm like, <sighs> holy fucking shit. I'll never forget that. It's like sitting next to a ginger. It's terrible. Like right it's next weird. to right next to the sun. <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah, you gotta be burning, dude. Yeah. Fuck. In just, fuego. <laughs> I radiate heat. So I, I, I uh, flat Earth. I, I, I think the guy with the rocket is the same guy as me. I, I, I push and am a huge fan and advocate of the flat Earth theory. Just to fuck with people, just yeah, to troll I the agree with you. And if you are on Facebook responding to John Barry's post, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> John Barry is the world's largest fucking troll. Whether he Dude, believes I what he posts or not, John Barry, John, if you're listening to this, trolling. or when you listen to this, I fucking love you and I miss you, man. You have no idea. Dude, when I'm bored, I actually find John Barry posts and read them oh just my so God. Re- Dude, the comments it, are so good. Most of the time, I go to John Barry's post and I comment just to follow through. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I swear to God, just to follow through the entire fucking thread because this is going to be fun. So we're going to get back to cameras for one second okay, because we really right. need to wrap yeah, it we, up. We, and were, our, we were supposed to talk about that shit. Our last topic that I want to cover <laughs> before we hit our wrap is camera mounts. So uh, my favorite camera mount, and my favorite camera mount is because I jump a, ca- a helmet, a full-face helmet, 
is the roller mount. Um, uh, talk to me about mounts and snag resistance of mounts, and then we'll talk about different type of mounts later on. Cool. Um, well, the less snaggy you can make it, better. The better, obviously. Uh, and I do, uh, and I'm, I'm sponsored by Tonefly, but I say the best mount out there is the Cookie Roller Mount. And um, it's, it, it, it's 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 you know almost almost snack proof. Like seriously, it's it's the best mount you can find out there. There's no such thing as 100% resistant, but if if a like I said, it's the the closest one for sure. If a mount could be 100% resistant, a a Cookie GoPro roller mount and and Justin is sharing that on our Facebook live feed right now. It is the most snag resistant thing out there. Yeah. But even right in, now, in, yeah. and you say you're you're sponsored by Tonefly. Tonefly actually in Square One also have options to help cut down on snag hazards. What what does Tonefly have? And Justin, I think you'll share that picture. Yeah, the the mount that Tonefly has is in, uh, the GoPro mount is it's a pretty common mount that you come in that you put in front uh, okay. of the helmet. Um, I would say it's not bad, but it's not the best. You know, you can you can still improve on that. Uh, it's definitely not as pretty that tone fly one, the carbon fiber one. Yeah, it's like the, I know the wings I, on the outside. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of that one. Uh, I'm gonna yeah, be I don't, I don't love it either. I'm not a, I'm not a fan. Would uh, you prefer it, it over nothing? Uh, I would prefer that over nothing. Yes, 100. percent Yes. So Justin's looking for the mount right now, and it's there in the middle of the screen. I think Justin, right, th- right there, the middle one. It's basically a carbon fiber frame that surrounds the camera mount to really cut down, uh, cut down on the snag hazard. Yes. Uh, there is a mount though uh, that Vulcan was selling at the at the space station shop. Uh huh. That is a metal mount that you put the camera on. And you have screws, uh, I mean, not screws, you have uh, uh, threads uh, up, down, or on the sides. And I'm using that one on my tongue fly, on my, on my big helmet when I want to, when I don't want to jump with my big camera. Dude, that one is flat against the surface. And that's perfect. I haven't seen this. You what can't, you can't, it's a case, it's a camera cage. Okay. It's metal, a camera cage you put on and you screw it in. And you have sc- you have a threads can on the you, bottom. Can you still adjust the angle of it? No, you can't. Okay, you can't. But on my on my big tone fly, uh, I I don't do that on my cameras, anyways. So oh I, yeah, I, I have it on a flat top. Yeah. yeah. So that camera sits flat on the surface. That with that mount makes the GoPro look uh, sit flat on the surface, and I love that mount, uh, especially because I use it for other shit too. Yeah. The most common mount we see in, in skydiving is is so first of all the most camera common camera we see is the GoPro. It's the GoPro, yeah. And I think uh, the huge advantage to GoPro is an adjustable angle, so you don't have to yeah. necessarily adjust your sight to the angle of the camera. That's you can right. adjust your camera to the angle of your sight. Yeah. Um, the most common mount we see because GoPro is the most common is camera this sticky thing. is that little sticky foot mount. I what, hate that shit. Why? Because it makes the camera snag hazard. It just it's just narrow on the bottom, and then just have this square thing that the, a line can wrap around. A line, a pilot shoe, anything can wrap you know, around. And if you're an AFF instructor, you have to be aware of that. You know that, right? You, I'm sure you've seen the video. A, a very dear friend of mine, a, a gal named Paula, 
uh, uh, Paula. Paula uh, is a Brazilian young lady, mm-hmm. and she there's a video of her with a student throwing their pilot shoe and the bridle snagging around the camera helmet. Yeah. She actually has to cut away, and thank God she's jumping a Rawa or Hava. She's Brazilian, so they, they would say Hava. They call Hava. Uh, the Hava is, is is a helmet that she was able to cut away, and, she, and she, thankfully she lost her helmet, not they, her head. Yeah, they don't have a cutaway yeah. system though. But uh, I'm 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 glad she was able to, yeah, to she, cut away that helmet. She had a cutaway. Um, so one thing I hear people regularly talk about is, is these camera helmets or these camera mounts don't need to be snag resistant because be- they break. Because they break or because Fuck they no. don't break. Number one, but also I'm gonna be belly to earth. I'm gonna be stable, and I'm not gonna argue if you're gonna be stable when you deploy your main. I'm not gonna sit here and yeah, say you're gonna be that, unstable yeah. when you deploy your main. I do think it's very possible you'll be unstable when you deploy your main. It's not likely, but yep. possible. But here's what I will say. Cut away and deploy your reserve. Nobody I know of reasonably has taught this statement. Cut away, get stable, deploy your reserve. I do that, yep. Pull priorities are pull, pull on time, pull while stable. Pull while stable. If you're, if you're not a jumper, what that means is the most important thing I can do on a skydive is pull no matter what. The second most important thing I can do on a skydive is pull on time. The third most important thing is a bonus. If I can be stable when I pull on time, awesome. But no matter what, pull time is pull time. Yeah. And That's what we teach. And when it comes to emergency procedures, cut away and pull your reserve, you've already deployed your main. So chances are you are already deployed below the appropriate altitude. Correct. So cut away and deploy your reserve because deploy on time is more important than deploying stable. Yes. And a guy who's been on the show before, a guy named Henry Pruitt or Hank the Tank, Hank Pruitt, who Love is Hank. an examiner for the rating center, used to jump the standard GoPro freaking sticky foot slide in knobby snag hazard mount. And the thing I'll argue is when you cut away, you will not be stable when you deploy your reserve. And Hank actually had it's his... It's a very strong possibility, I'll say, yeah. Hank had his reserve lines grab the side of his helmet torque his head sideways actually not torque lever his head sideways it wasn't a torque and it was very sore it was very uncomfortable and fortunately everything cleared but having a snag free mount isn't about deploying your main having a snag free amount is about cut away and deploy your reserve dude is is your neck is your neck and you know is is your head is your connection to your body uh you know I'll, i'll say take care of it as much as you can anything like what about the whiplash you get when, when you know you crash your car? It's the same fucking thing. Uh, if you have a hard opening, you will be sore from your back and from your neck. Um, anything that pulls your neck, especially when you're not waiting for it, that's going to be painful. Uh, and the sticky mounts on the GoPro, uh, I would say your neck will snap before that thing. Square One, actually, the guys behind Square One, a uh, very large gear store, on, online gear store, an in-person gear store, did some testing of what it takes to break away a GoPro mount by actually using a scale, by using lines, and actually pulling on things. And yeah. it's an immense pressure to be able to break. Or it, It's weird because we see GoPro mounts, the standard mount, break regularly on impacts. When you hit it. When you're when you, on impact. When you hit it with the right force and the right angle. Yes. When you snag something and pull on it, it won't break. Well it won't said. break as easy. You know, if you hit it against the door, you know, you will lose the GoPro and whatever. You know, uh, you won't lose your head. You have your helmet. 
Um, but when something, especially during opening, where you're not expecting it, on a lines get <coughs> entangled with that GoPro and starts pulling on a weird angle, and then increasing the force because you're gonna be spinning on um, spinning under a canopy, you're gonna pass out. Yeah, like, very easily. And, and and that's a that's a you know very important thing we have to consider before we start jumping cameras. A snag resistant mount is obviously super important. Yes, that actually brings to the uh, so the the. I agree. You agree, Nick. How do you feel about what? What is the best snag resistant mount on the market to you? Oh, I mean, I I think it's hard to argue what you guys are saying about that roller mount. I mean, it's uh, you know, the the GoPro mount is what it is because it was built by GoPro to be on a GoPro, and the cookie mount is what it is because it was built by a skydiving helmet company to be on the top of your head with a GoPro during a skydive with an opening parachute in mind. So it's just a lot more purpose built of a piece for sure. Purpose built. That, that's it's, yeah, per- strong that's, statement. That's a strong statement. I like that. So snag resistant is a huge statement, and that really brings me to the second most popular type of, of camera mounts. And I love the idea that my camera helmet is something I can cut away, or the camera mount is something I can cut away. But at what point does the ability to cut away become compromised by the high snag hazard? And where I'm going with this is is chin camera mounts. Where are you at with chin camera mounts? I don't like them. Why not? Uh it limits your ability to look around you. You're talking about under canopy? I'm talking about, yeah, under canopy. And guess what? If a line gets entangled with you on your chin, where's your head going to uh, yeah, go? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Not down. <laughs> not down. Where are you going to be able to look? And how long are you going to resist that thing pulling on you on a weird angle. So one one of the one things I hate the most about chin camera mounts, and there there's more than one name out there, but yeah, you may be able to cut them away. But if Hank had a chin mount when he cut away and pulled his reserve, his reserve lines would have snagged that chin mount, that front of your face full face mount, and torqued his head sideways. Yeah, it would have twisted or his upwards, neck. Words or. You don't. I mean, yeah. You don't know where the force is gonna go. It's just pulling it upwards would have sucked. Twisting it sideways would kill you. Yeah, for sure. So as much you could totally pass out in a second or two. As much as having a snag-free top mount is is a problem, as far as a snag a snag-resistant top mount could get snagged and pulled on my head, I'd rather get pulled in a direction than twisted in a direction. Yeah, definitely. So those chin mounts, to me, are a huge fucking problem because if you cut away and pull your reserve and your head gets twisted... Look, a lot of people a lot of people say that those chin mounts are better because they are far away from the lines. That's I'll say that's bullshit. You know, uh, maybe on your main if everything goes right. How many times have everything goes different than right? You know, how about when you yeah, when you cut away your main and you're on your back and you pull your reserve? You the know, most common thing we hear on this podcast is don't plan for the best case scenario, plan for the yeah, worst case scenario. You know, if you want to you want to be aware of what could go wrong and I'm sure you'll never find, you know, the worst case scenario. You know, you 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 could get close to it, but maybe something <coughs> something bad could happen. What if if you collide with someone else and that camera, you know, is you, you get entangled with someone else and you can't, you know, you can't cut away uh and that, and, and something is pulling you from there you know the idea of the helmet especially a full face is to be clean on you you know to protect the entire the entire head nice. and be clean you know uh, 
I'm sure without a full face, it's very hard to get a line entanglement, you know, on 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 your head. Very. But difficult. if you add if you add something else here, especially let's say okay, let's say everything goes right, you know, and uh, you're 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 under your perfectly functioning mane, uh, and then you turn your head and you can't turn your head, uh, you can't turn your head the same amount when you have that thing sticking out in front of you. Uh, I remember one time uh, I was uh, jumping my, my Rawa, uh, and I was about to start my turn. Um, it was in Venezuela. I know exactly the snag you're going to talk about yeah, because I've had it. Um, I, I was, I was uh, about to start my turn. Um, let's say I was uh, 900 feet, 1,000 feet, about to start my turn uh, to land. And... I look everywhere because that's what I need to do before I start my turn. And the little metal thing on the helmet got got snagged on my container. The lever on the ratchet. The strap. lever on the ratchet. Strap. Yeah, it's a yeah, really, so really small, thin metal piece that holds fuck, the, the ratchet on there. I is scared the shit out of me. No, I had exactly oh, the shit. same thing happen it because scared I scared the, the, the shit out of me. I couldn't 3D. see. Yeah. The 3D spacer foam right here yeah. that has all the little on holes my in vector. It, it was yeah. on my I, vector. I had it on a vector too. It was same, on my vector. Same exact thing. Same exact thing. I couldn't turn my head, and I was at nine at 900 feet, and I was about to about uh, 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 my canopy was already turning, and I was looking everywhere, uh, and then all of a sudden my head got stuck, I, I'm stuck here. I, I couldn't do anything, so I abo- wow. obviously I aborted my turn, and I try to steer my canopy to the clearest space I had. Uh, luckily, uh, before I touched the ground, I managed to pull strong enough to break the, the fabric on the, on the vector, on the container. Uh, so I cleared my head and I could land. That could have been way worse. Back, back to plan for the worst, not the best. Something that people tell me is with, with a chin-mounted camera, I can look around without it interfering with my risers, and I believe with the intent that you can. But in an emergency, when something happens wrong, are you still going to be able to? And I don't believe the answer is yes. Yeah, the answer the answer is not necessarily yes. Look, I, I well, on on the ten, 10,000 and some jumps, I have all kinds of line twists, all kinds of them. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say I have all kinds of functions, but I ha- I've had all kinds of line twists, and some line twists uh, have been with my risers crossed in front of me with my head behind it. And some line twists have been with my head in front of it, uh. you know. And those are scary because yeah, you, don't see, scary you don't see you don't see you don't see shit. Yeah, which you way do I kick? <laughs> yeah, you don't it, not just that, you can't see, you can't do anything. You don't you don't know, you don't feel yet if it's snagged on something else or what uh, what the fuck is going on because you can't see your canopy. Um so in an event that your line twist is in front of your face, uh you know, the risers are crossed in front of your face and, and your mount is right there. You know, and w- I'm, I'm, I'm not saying you have to be a pessimist and think, you know, that shit will happen. But it's what if that happens? So be prepared for that, too. Um, exact same reason we train EPs all the time. Yeah, man. Yeah, you have definitely. To prepare definitely, for worst case. Yeah, definitely. That's why you train your EPs. But if you're the main, you know, reason why we're here is to talk about cameras. So if, if your cameras are on your head now, your EPs have to change. They have to change. They have to be different. You have to add steps. 
because you don't know what's going to happen. You know, uh, if, if you're not wearing a camera, yeah, you could have different type of malfunctions and, and you're trained to deal with them. Uh, but when you add a step before you cut away, you should know your brain should react quicker than normal, you know, to deal with that first before you intend to cut away. I wouldn't imagine, yeah. uh, I wouldn't imagine <coughs> having lines entangled in my helmet and then cutting away before I do anything to my helmet. That, that's the end of the story, you know, if you cut away and you have a line entangled to your helmet. It's it's such a huge conversation, man, and, and I kind of we need to wrap up. We're hitting a time limit, so I want to wrap up with a couple really easy statements. First of all, you're going to be uh, you've participated for a, a while now with Safety Day. The yes. Rating Center actually uh, coordinates, organizes, and hosts Safety Day for Skydive Spaceland yes. Houston and Skydive Spaceland Dallas. And you've brought the the camera seminar every year to Spaceland Houston, and that's yes. going to happen again this year. But I'd like to extend that to something a little bit bigger and a little bit different. And, Nick, I'd actually like your cooperation on this one. And what I'd like to consider is we're, we're at that time of year at Spaceland Houston where the weather some days are great and some days are bad. What I would like to do is I would actually like to host a camera seminar for anybody who's interested in flying a camera, whether it's multiple camera setup like you fellas jump, whether it's a single camera setup like a GoPro, what type of camera helmet should I jump? What hazard should I re- be real? Uh, uh, what camera I should jump? What camera should I jump? What are my emergency procedures? I would love to get a time where both of you gentlemen come together and host a seminar on a weather day, which means we announce it probably the Wednesday before a Saturday because we can't predict the weather too far ahead. Yeah, are you in? I'm totally in. Are 100%, you in, dude? I, I wish. I make no promises. I will not work with this man. <laughs> You're working Again. with them tonight, asshole. All right, okay, let's do it. <laughs> Dude, so I wish, I honestly wish a lot of more people approached, uh, you know, more experienced people about cameras before they started, you know, start. So part of cameras on your head. So part heads. of our give back experience, and, and that's something that we all have done is give back. Is we we will not only on safety day you will you host. I will 100% a camera seminar. Be there. I'm dude. I'm committed to space land. I'm committed yeah. to the rating center and 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 running the safety day seminar is something that I really like. We will be bringing a a a, a just a, a random day seminar. Uh, both Safety Day. Safety Day, actually, last year for the first time, we broadcasted on the Rating Center. And this That's year, awesome. the Rating Center yeah. will also re- will broadcast live each seminar as it happens. But the safety, but the camera seminar that you guys will host sometime in the near future will also broadcast on the Rating Center fan page. Let's do it. So check out the Rating Center. Uh, Google the Rating Center. Not Google. Uh, Google also. But but search on Facebook the Rating Center and find the fan page and like it. And you'll see these videos as, as they come alive. Um, and, 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 you know, to say, to say more, I'm a hundred percent open. I don't know. I don't know about Nick though. Nick's kind of a dick. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Someone who knows (laughs) me. Thank you. But I'm a hundred percent open for any question and anybody may have any time. You know, if I'm on Facebook, I don't I'm on Instagram. I'm, I'm not. Always at the drop zone, but uh, when I'm there, you can ask whatever whatever you want. You know. So this brings us to our close, and I'll start with you, Mr. P, and then, of, of course, Daniel, I want you to follow up. If you could give one piece of advice and only one piece of advice to an aspiring camera flyer, what would it be? Uh, I would say start really simple. Uh, ask a lot of questions of someone who 
has jumped a camera successfully a lot of times, have a conversation with him. Uh, don't grab one of us who are at work on a 10-minute call and expect us to give you time <laughs> yeah, because it's no. super inconsiderate. We're, we're at work. But if it's a, you know, it's a weather day, it's a slow day, it's a weekday, and we're just sitting around and you want to start a conversation then, yeah, go for it. And uh, when you first start jumping a camera, uh, turn it on and get what you get. And, the, you know, especially if you're someone who's starting with the 200 jumps, I mean, with a GoPro, it's it's pretty easy to get familiar with the buttons and how they work. And there are three buttons. There's <laughs> no I'm way you're gonna sure fuck there it are up. There's just I mean, two yeah. on my GoPro five. Yeah. But if you get familiar with the button to turn it on and start recording, you don't even have to pull your head out of the skydiving game to start looking around for someone to talk to you about whether or not your GoPro's on. Turn it on. Some jumps you're gonna get. Some jumps you might not. But uh, I think if, if you're on a skydive where you're shooting outside video and your focus is getting the shot, you should. And I'm I'm sure I've said this before. You should always be uh, at least qualified to do whatever's happening on the jump. That you should never be shooting outside video of something that you can't fly yourself. Otherwise, you're putting yourself on a jump that you're not supposed to be on, and you've added the element. Yes, sir. Of you're the putting camera. a lot of people in danger. Not so just yeah. Yourself. So so yeah. You're you're. You're just being dangerous on a skydive, which is what we're all, all talking about preventing all the time. So uh, put the camera on, get what you get, and then as you get more comfortable with the functions of the camera and then you want to think about getting the shot once you've got more experience both skydiving and with the camera, do it then. But if you're just, you know, you're an eager fun jumper, you've you got 200 jumps, you just want to start posting some stuff on Instagram or on social media, turn it on. And you're going to get lucky sometimes, and sometimes you'll have a lot of jumps that you'll never, ever watch again. Fortunately, the GoPro and most action cams nowadays have a one-touch setting. Push the button, it turns on and starts recording. And I recommend to your average jumper, use that one-touch setting. You're going to record a lot of extra footage, which you can trim out super easy with software, Who including cares? GoPro's yeah. free fucking software. Yeah. Do that one-touch so you don't have to think about it. Now, Daniel, you are at a huge disadvantage because I think Nick's simple advice was a mic drop, dude. Yeah, I, 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 can't, I can't say much more than that. Beyond yeah. that, what, what, what advice would you give a new camera flyer? Well, what about advice that you want to give to someone who wants to shoot a good video on purpose? <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to have to learn to do that first. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like Nick said. Don't Should I use a site? What do you think? Don't give a shit about uh, what you get first. Uh, a site? A ring site? Yeah, do you, do you use a ring site? No. D uh, depends. With your big or camera setup, probably. With my big camera setup, if I'm doing something specific. If I'm shooting with other than wide-angle lenses, yes. Because that's a snag hazards I, I, hazard I don't want normally. If I'm shooting with a longer lens, I want something specific, yeah, I'll, I'll use it. I'll, I'll just real quick, because we, we have to move on. Ring sites are a super valuable resource, but not they a are. necessary resource. Depends yes. what you're shooting. If you're using a ring site, A, get coaching on it. B, yeah. use Teflon you're, screws. So, yeah, it's a snag hazard. When I say rings, I use a, a sticker inside my sunglasses. Yeah, that works That works like it a charm. It works almost I, as I, good. I, I, you you want to know when I started using my ring site? When I got sponsored by LMB. <laughs> it's, uh, so the ring site, one Which of the things I, I use... Them, I thank them. I it's used to use the ring site for uh, sizing because ring site, whether yes. you have the concentric or the Brent yes. version... I can actually count How the number wide. of lines yes. and, and, and frames, so I can actually compose a shot much better. So and you can get closer or further away, depending on what you what you're looking for. But uh, guys and gals looking to compose for, a shot, a ring sight is, is for a helpful. center. For a center, you don't need a ring sight. Yeah. You can use a sticker. You can use a, a sharpie if you want, or just you know, let it creative. shoot shoot what you get. If you do use a ring sight, use Teflon screws. Dude. I've actually had yes. my ring sight snagged by something, 
and break away because of Teflon yeah, screws. That, um, I, I use Teflon screws. Who gives a shit? It's you either know, that it, or your it's, neck. It's, it's that or your neck. What you prefer to snap, to snap, you know? I lose a ringside or my neck. Who, yeah, who cares? Um, so uh, if you're a new jumper and you want to start jumping cameras, uh, you're going to start jumping a GoPro, whatever camera you want. Like, it doesn't matter. Uh, try to get try to get it as less snag hazard as possible and and turn it on and start recording and who gives a shit what you get you know if you get distracted you can get distracted uh, i've i've known people that that uh, for filming or for being on a video forget to break off at the right altitude not just filming not just being focused on some shit uh, you forget things. How about you? You, you don't want to miss the shots. You forget about checking your altitude, and, and you take it lower. You know, it's just don't give a shit about the video. You know, don't don't care about the video. Yeah, you gotta be skydiving first. Yeah, right? remember you're you're falling at 120 miles an hour at least. Nick, I think you just said it. You're a skydiver first. Yeah, you're a skydiver first. So, guys and gals, if you want to hear more business. about video, number I one, like uh, suggest this video, suggest this podcast to your friends. Uh, check out sooner or later. The Rating Center will actually have a video seminar by these two gentlemen, and yeah, Safety Day, it. of course, will host as well. RSL, yes or no? RSL, yes or no, with camera setups? No. Okay, good. Go. Yeah. Uh, for <laughs> me, it depends on the snag resistance no, I was just of the setup. I'm trying to start a long conversation yeah, when you were trying to it. end the podcast. I'm just uh, trying to be an asshole. I believe uh, Justin if has. I'm doing a big setup. No. I believe Justin has our outro queued up, not quite playing yet. Uh, before he hits play, do you have any last things you want to share? Justin Grubbs, welcome to the board. It was super fun. Thanks for having uh, me. Justin, thanks for the whiskey. So, Justin, looks like we might Anytime. actually run a technical glitch free. First run through. Fuck yeah, beer. His beer oh, run. Whiskey. <laughs> Jinxing it before it's over. Oh, I actually, I actually see a potential hazard. I actually see something that could go tell, wrong. Don't tell him. I can. I, I see it. I I'm see so it. Nervous. What's cued? Actually, What's cued? no. The thing I see could go wrong. He actually has highlighted right. So, uh, Damn uh, so Damn yeah, you know exactly what it is. Fuck. So, anything's to add. I added it to the playlist. So, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you for joining the team. Thank you, uh, Justin. Our next guest is actually going to be Justin Grubbs. Justin Grubbs is the assistant lead mentor. Just he helps run the mentor program for Skydive Space. You guys should just switch seats, and I'll sit over here and continue to be obnoxious. <laughs> um, so Justin will actually be, be our next guest and actually we're going to wait till the first of the year I thought I muted all those things in the past we're going to wait till the, uh, you can't mute those at this point <gasps> I know what's going to happen okay we're, nope we're going to going we're going to wait till the first of the year <laughs> Son of a bitch. so next week we're off uh, the first of the year Mr. P and Justin and I will sit down and, and nail down our schedule but I would expect the first Thursday of January to see cool. Justin Grubbs talking about the mentor program, talking about becoming an AFF instructor, your recent accomplishment. Of I yours. love that program for Spaceling. If you don't know about it, you should get involved with it. Yeah. Go go to Spaceling and do it. And we can't get the lead mentor to actually do her job, or, or excuse me, to promote <laughs> the the, the program. What you, say. you live with her. By the way, the lead oh, mentor is my wife. <laughs> hump my brakes. Hump, hump, hump my brakes. Uh, hump my brakes, baby. Hump, hump my brakes. That's why I came here. Value do your job <laughs> terrifically. And you know what? You make a good backup to Val in the mentor program. I don't know about the rest of it all. Oh. <laughs> you don't know? Are you sure? Oh, pull my beard. Oh. <laughs> I'm ginger. The beard is a love handle to pull me where I belong. <laughs> Come down here, baby. <laughs> Who's wow. a ginger? Who's a ginger? 
So he Come apparently got graphic. He has no I, nothing can, last to share. I, can I be here on that podcast mostly because of the whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, uh, Mr. P. Do you have any last things to share yourself? I don't actually think the world is flat. Just want everybody to know that. <laughs> so as our boy Justin Grubbs hits the music, Daniel Angulo. Do you have any last things to say? I love everybody. Just go jump and have fun. Be safe. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Gravity Lab Radio. Justin Grubbs, Nick Lott, Daniel Angulo. This is DJ Marvin. Blue Skies, we are out of here.